Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You are now listening to the Save Cast, the number one old school RuneScape podcast featuring guests from all across Gellinor. To support this podcast, visit the Patreon link in the description. All right, welcome to Vasebe Cast number 78 with Mason Breeding. Mason, how are you doing this fine afternoon? Hey, hey. I live a lot better now that I'm finally on. We made it. <laughs> yeah, it's, coming. it's been about, what, like four or five-ish months since we first like started talking about uh, getting you on the cast? Yeah, it's it's been far too long. Played hard to get, but yeah. I finally uh, <laughs> pulled enough strings to be here. I'm super excited. Thanks for having me say. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm really, really excited. I've heard so many good things about you. Seriously, every single person that has uh, you know, been in some sort of business arrangement with you has just said how much of a professional you are and just how good you are to the creators. So that's well, always really great to hear. Eviescape loves you, by the way. He absolutely he loves you oh yeah well it means a lot yeah evie is uh my day one he's my first client we can talk all about that he's one of my closest friends we've worked together for years now and um we've we've done we've been through a lot very very cool so i guess i'll just ask you to briefly introduce yourself because i'm assuming a lot of people listening probably have never heard of who you are and probably haven't heard of crusader talent either so i guess you can mix that in as well yeah, of course. So um, I'm the co-founder, CEO, and talent director of Crusader Talent. Crusader Talent specializes in management services for content creators, particularly in, in old school RuneScape. We started as an old school RuneScape exclusive agency. Uh, and what all that means, what you know, what is a managerial service? Well, we focus on helping creators monetize their content, particularly through sponsorships. So just about every sponsorship you see in the old landscape segment, um, Crusader is, is behind that. You know, we're, we're behind the curtain and facilitating those deals. Um, I'm also a doctoral business student. Uh, I have an MBA. I have two business degrees and working on my third. 
Um, and so I, I spent a lot of my time researching um, the cre creator economy, um, how brands and creators exchange value, um, how Crusader can play a part in that, and helping maximize uh, the value for the, the creator side. And um, that's what we do in a nutshell. Uh, apart from you know other merchandise arrangements and licensing deals that we can also get into, ninety percent of our time is spent working with old school RuneScape content creators and securing sponsorships for them. Very very cool. So I've heard of other or I guess. Um agencies and i just want to preface all this by saying i'm not an expert in this so anybody listening i might ask just stupid questions so just bear with me here but <laughs> i want to learn just as much as uh you guys so i want to ask crusader talent i've heard and uh i looked up some things it, it uh, was founded in 2019 so somewhat mm -hmm. recently and I've heard of like method for example are those kind of the same things like crusader and method like kind of eSports sort of things, or is it mainly just sponsorship focus is what you guys are doing? No, there's um, definitely a distinct difference between us and same method that a lot of the community is familiar with. You know, we're, we're not an eSports org. We're not a team. You know, we don't have a stream team. We're mostly behind the scenes. Um, we do sponsor some creator events and help facilitate those. But for the most part, we're in the background working with the creators uh, every day or in some cases um, almost every day. Um, helping monetize their their content, and so uh, we say monetize. That that means getting sponsors for videos. Uh, you know, just about ahead of every video that people upload. Uh, I'm I'm speaking in generalities, mm -hmm. by the way. You know, Behemoth uploads every day. We're not discussing every, you know a sponsor for every video for him as much as I'd love to, but um, we we do our best to try to put a sponsor on every video. Um, and what people don't understand or may not understand or, or, or most content creators simply wouldn't, it wouldn't be feasible for them to do content creation full time. If it wasn't for sponsors, mm -hmm. uh, sponsors make up again, this generalization in, in an average, but about 70% of a creator's income comes from sponsors uh, at crusader, at least uh, in the old screw runescape segment. So um, they're absolutely critical. Um, for content to continue to be pushed out. Um, and we're, we're really proud of the work we do. But there's definitely a distinct difference between the two. So, we're, you know, we're not a phase clan. We're not a method uh, or many of the others. Um, we're, we're strictly a talent agency. Very cool. So if you wouldn't mind, uh, I'm, I'm sure some of the audience would absolutely love to hear kind of who's already a part of it because... I'm sure if uh, people are on Twitter somewhat often, at least RuneScape Twitter is what I call it, uh, they will see you know people partnering up with Crusader Talent. And uh, so if there's some names that you would like to bring up just so people are familiar with who is all involved in Crusader Talent and how, how many people are uh, under the influence of Crusader Talent getting sponsorships and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no problem. I'm going to rattle off a ton. So awesome. raise yourself. Um Again, mo mostly RuneScape creators who since, since expanded, but the names that people will surely recognize are Torvesta, Frames, Solo Mission, Rakesy, Vscape, Things like Arena, Rarg, Verf, Rice Cup, Bitter Bitter, Behemoth, Abyss, Ron Plays Games, Sweet Badass, Alfie, Skillspec, Sick Nerd, uh, Goody, he's since paused 
creation, but we're still working together, uh, ready for him to come back. We have Colonello, Skidler, Limpwort, Rakeen, Zulu, Alkin, Tasty, Nine Rain, Ingus, Spark Mac, Crum, West Ham, Dino, Pip, Pure Spam. Um, just to name a few. Just yeah, few. that's uh, qu- yeah. I mean, you basically listed off all my favorite YouTubers, so that's really cool. <laughs> hey, me too, man. Um, and we also represent one of the biggest Roblox creators in the world. Actually, two of them. One being Think Noodles. He's got eight million subscribers, three billion views. A L- little bit different than the Runescape Jesus. numbers yeah. that we're used to. <laughs> and then uh, Vitamin Delicious. He he's not a, as high up on the subscriber count, but his viewership is, is just through the roof. Uh, many, many videos seemingly every week that surpass a million views. Um, and then we also represent one of the biggest uh, Rainbow Six Siege creators in the world, the Godly Noob. We've been working with him for a couple of years now. Very cool. So how does it all take place? Do you reach out? Do they reach out? Or is How how are you getting these people onto the team? Or I guess uh, the... Is it is it appropriate to call it a team? Yeah, yeah. I, I brand ourselves, at least internally, as a team. So Crusader is, we, yeah, we are a talent agency, but we also, we're a community of the of content creators. So we run a Discord server um, just for RuneScape content creators, for them to, uh, you know, collaborate, talk shit, you know, whatever they want to do. Um, they give feedback to one another on best thumbnail, video ideas, um, troubleshooting um you know technical issues with their hardware or software you know it's a it's a safe haven for content creators to speak their minds um even if they you know perhaps things that they wouldn't put in the content creator discord that jagex runs you know they can do that in crusader so um and i I very much so brand us as a team internally because the truly what we do what the creators do impacts others so you know if they if if someone slacks off and sponsorship half-assed it makes it all the more difficult to, to work with that sponsor again to get other people deals. And so um, I try to build a, a culture, a team, team-like team culture, despite us you know, not technically being it, uh, just because you know, everyone's performance impacts you know, everyone else. So they, they, they understand that. But to answer your first question, um, most of our clients come to us um, uh, through referrals, we we don't really do much outreach uh, anymore. You know, when we were first starting as a talent agency, twenty nineteen, yeah, you know, absolutely, we were reaching out to people uh, left and right and trying to get some traction. Which, you know, thank our lucky stars, we did. I'll, I'll tell the story soon about how we got hooked up with Eviscape and then how it grew from there. But um, mostly, their referrals. Um, and for I love to just sign anyone and everyone in the RuneScape segment that. Uh, but, you know, realistically, we have uh, only so much bandwidth as a team. So we kind of set some parameters um, for like viewership metrics, but uh, they're mostly referrals. And occasionally, you know, if someone will spot my uh, catch my eye, which I consume RuneScape content every day. So I'm constantly on YouTube and on Twitch. And so uh, occasionally we'll reach out. But for the most part, they come to us. So what makes it so good to be on one of these teams? Is, isn't it very feasible nowadays for the creator themselves to get a sponsorship? What are the benefits of joining a, uh, a talent agency like this? Yeah, well, it's, it's, um, it varies based on the creator. Um, so say someone like Odeblock, um, which, you know, we're, we're friends, was at the wedding, and I'm 
friends with his brother Mo, who manages him. It doesn't really make too much sense for him to bind himself to a talent agency when he has his own management already. His brother Mo takes great care of him. Um, so he's got someone full time, you know, taking care of him. And so it does, doesn't always make sense. I don't want to, um, you know, BS anyone and say, oh, well, Crusader or a talent agency is the only spot to be as a creator. And you can, you can make it work on your own if the circumstances allow. But for most creators, it certainly benefits to have a team behind you. So sponsors do reach out um, occasionally, but it's of the deals we do, it's maybe 10% of the deals they come to us. Otherwise, we have a team, not, not just me at Crusader, we have staff, of course, but um, we have to go to them um, and and pitch the roster, pitch individual creators based on their interest. And it takes a lot of work. And so even things like fielding um, inbound emails is a lot because the, the brand and other agencies' objectives uh, are to... Um, book talent for the lowest price possible in order to maximize the return on their investment. So their goal is to get the rate as low as possible. The creator, um, in many instances, they just simply don't know what they're worth. They, they don't know um, what these sponsors are paying to other creators. And so the benefit of having a manager you know, field those inquiries for you is, well, look, I've got three years of historical data. I know if what is being presented by a sponsor is uh, you know, is below expectations or uh, in some cases above expectations. I know what, when I see a great deal and so I can advise on that. Also, um, there's a misconception that even when a sponsor reaches out, you know, you reach an agreement, it's just boom, done. Uh, you may wave your, your magic wand and um, you get paid. It doesn't work that way. You know, there's always a contract. Uh, most content creators aren't savvy uh, with business law, contract law um, that can interpret contracts. Um, and some of them can be predatory. You know, a lot of them are. Most of the emails we get are, are phishing links. They're spammy, um, otherwise fraudulent. Um, some of them are great, but most of them, frankly, aren't. And it takes, um, you know, a set of trained eyes to know what's legit and what's not and what's worth pursuing. And so um, I save a lot of time from content creators by fielding those inquiries you know, vetting them, you know, negotiating them on behalf of the creator. And then creator just gets a, an executive summary. Hey, I've got an offer for, you know, X amount with X sponsor. Um, you know, these are the deliverables. These are the, the due dates. Um, you want it? Yes or no? Great. And then it's up to me to, to finalize the contract. And, um, you know, we have a, a team that sends them the, the brief and make sure that the draft is in order. And then, uh, from there, we take care of all of invoices too. That's actually another big pain point that makes a talent agency um, uh, a good choice in most cases. Is uh, sponsors are the entertainment industry in general. I've I've come to find it, they don't like paying the bills. Say um, they they're consistently late. Uh, we're you know constantly having to send reminders. You know, I have someone on the team, our, our finance lead. He does nothing but send invoices and follow up with sponsors and you know at any given time even at crusader we're i guess a relatively small agency in the grand scheme of the entertainment industries um entertainment industry agencies and we can have you know six figures worth of past due contract excuse me past due invoices and that's with following up regularly and so sometimes we have to get our legal team involved in order to collect and so if you're in it my, my point in all of this is if you're an independent creator that's really tough to navigate on your own yeah um, and not to mention, you know, we 
simply know how to maximize the, the value of deals. Um, we can negotiate really well. It's something I'm trained in. I have a, a background in and years of you know, practical industry experience. And so to have someone, uh, you know, in your corner, um, you know, advising on your best interests that only get paid when you get paid, it, it's a mutually advantageous relationship for, um, for most content creators. For sure. Okay. So I, yeah. I spit a lot at you there. That's a lot to digest, but we can, we can go deeper in any of those topics if you'd like, but that's a good overview, I think. Yeah, I, uh, we, we got so... We have a bunch of Twitter topics, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be asking things that have probably already been, been addressed, but um, I guess one of the questions that we... I Well, I've personally gotten a couple times back when I was originally sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends like a mm -hmm. year and a half ago, and I remember seeing Raid Shadow Legends. I mean, they have been just everywhere for years and <laughs> yeah. years and years and years and yeah. i always wondered beforehand like you know how much are they paying these people because everyone's taking it clearly and then i'm like um and then of course i was offered the sponsorship and then i realized oh okay this is why people take it because there's a lot of money on the line and you you know play the game for a little bit and you get some people is there a rhyme or a reason for them going to runescape is there like I don't know. Sometimes I think like they could be doing so much more, but they're getting sponsorships from like people that are streaming to like 50 to a hundred people on RuneScape. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. Raid's been around for a long time. They, they keep the lights on at uh, Crusader HQ. That's for sure. But I think with Raid, um, the, the, the well is running dry. Um, yeah. I think, I think the game might be approaching the, towards the end of its life cycle. Um, either that or they're just simply um, have new marketing leadership that has scaled back on paid sponsorships. Um, you'll see less of that. I mean, this may be a great thing for your audience listening. Yes, I don't have to skip through rate anymore, but they really do offer a huge benefit to the RuneScape community. I mean, they've single-handedly um, kept content creation and RuneScape alive. Some of the creators that simply couldn't pay the bills without their sponsorship, you know, that one 60-second ad a month uh, goes a long way. Um, pretty easy to skip it if you've had enough of it. But um, I think the well's running dry. But I think RuneScape is so valuable, not you know, the raid to other mobile games and beyond to other sponsor categories because our our audience is rather mature. You know, take a look at your average RuneScape um, fan. It's you know they're between twenty five and thirty five years old. You know they're mostly men. Um, so. When I say mostly men, we're talking ninety nine percent male. Um, they're not a, not a huge hit with the ladies. Um, <laughs> yeah. Surely you are say you got to be the exception, but <laughs> like point three percent. That's pretty high, <laughs> you know. Point three percent women audience. So yeah, yeah, you've got like twenty twenty watching uh, <laughs> listening to me right now. But anyway, um, it's a very targeted. It, it's a very targeted um, audience base. It's very consistent. So you have basically millennial men predominantly based in the US and the UK. And so that's attractive for advertisers because it's really hard to target millennial men through traditional means of advertising. Yeah. So, you know, it's hard to really cut through uh, the noise uh, as an advertiser in today's age with um, sponsored posts and ads everywhere, social media, um, Everywhere you, you you know every app you open, there are ads, and and so millennial men, um, particularly men, but also women, 
um, sort of become a, a bit immune to them. Um, it's, it's easy to, to ignore them. And so the value to have a, a content creator, um, you know, deliver an advertisement is one, it's concentrated, you know exactly who you're advertising to. Um, and two, influencers have what we call a parasocial relationship with uh, their audience, meaning um, there's a deeper connection with their audience, say a celebrity. So Matthew McConaughey driving a Lincoln really doesn't mean too much to me, but much I love Matthew. We, we know that, um, you know, a lot of celebrities simply take endorsements for the sake of, and they're, they're multimillionaires. Most of them are out of touch with reality anyway. And I, I don't have very much in common with, uh, you know, uh, an actor um, that takes an endorsement deal, but, you know, a content creator that I look up to that, you know, responds to my comments from time to time on YouTube or interacts with me on Twitch, you know, um, it, it's pretty easy to see the distinction between, you know, the two and what um, advertisers have come to find is that, uh, and academics research come to find that um, there's a lot of value in having um, particularly gaming influencers deliver, you know, ads or, or sponsors. Uh, sponsorships to their audience because they're trustworthy, they're authentic, and that's the that's the key word uh, when talking about influencer marketing and what makes it different from other means: the authenticity of the of the host. So um, that's why um, you see so many sponsors all of the time. It's because well, uh, they're effective, and um, it, it's there's definitely a mutually advantageous relationship between most sponsors and, and creators. They're both exchanging value. Uh, one's paying the other. Um, and so some of the time, yeah, what, what we try to, well, what we aspire to achieve is a win-win-win situation. So the, the sponsor wins because, you know, they're booking a creator for a fair rate. You know, yes, of course, we try to maximize our creator's earnings, but at the end of the day, uh, we can't gouge everyone every time. Uh, you know, look, they have to uh, reach a positive return on their investment if they're to come back and be satisfied. So we try to maximize that value for them. Also, the creator, they win. But also the, the key is uh, the audience. So if they win too, if they are being advertised a product that they'll actually use and like uh, or be entertained by at the very least so they don't they don't skip that portion of the video, in my eyes, that's a win-win-win. Um, and, uh, that's what we try to do. You know, we try to, uh, book sponsors for our creators that, um, checks all those three, checks three of those boxes. Very cool. So Manic Marauder 7 has, uh, some good topics that I kind of want to go into a little, little deeper. So Manic asks best company that you guys have worked with biggest sponsorship deal that you can share uh, and then he also just says, commission sponsors, are they a scam for most creators? And Raid Shadow Legends, how the hell can they afford so many ads? I'm really curious on your thoughts on commission-based sponsors where it's purely commission. So, yeah, well, yeah, let's start go. there. Um, I don't like them at all. Um, and we pretty much universally reject them. Um, those are called affiliate-based sponsorships. And... Frankly, there are enough sponsors that are willing to make the investment to pay a flat rate to, to excuse me, to creators that we don't need to take them. Um, they, in my eyes, I view them um, 
they're sometimes predatory, not all the time. Like I can't make that sweeping statement, but most of the time, uh, it's not worth the creator's time in, in your advertising product uh, free or for you know less than what you should be paid. So what um, you know the the pro to affiliate based deals is oftentimes they don't come with many deliverables. So it's like okay, you're going to be partnered with uh, well, I don't want to name any, but. Um, you're gonna be partnered with this brand and however you promote it is however you promote it. You know, here's some talking points, maybe here's some free product. Well, free air quotes. Yeah. Here. Not really free, but Or they'll um, give you a fifty percent discount on their own product. Like, come on. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah, <laughs> if they don't send you the, the product. Um it's not even free. And so you're not really bound to a set of deliverables. You can promote it as much or as little as you want yeah. in a in a way that resonates with your audience. Um where I where, where I find them kind of cross the line and be predatory or when they give strict set of deliverables, like, look, in order for you to, um, you know, qualify for this affiliate based program, you have to do, you know, these things in order to qualify. And, and that's where I think it's, they cross the line. Um, you know, if it's like, Hey, this is a, you may or may not, uh, use this. Um, we hope you do. You know, we hope you promote it. We hope you um, are an advocate for our brands. Here's a percentage of sales. Here's some free products. You know, we're a, say we're a startup. We you know we're, we don't have marketing funds, but if this does well, you know, maybe we can look into a long longer term partnership that may um, pique the interest of some particularly smaller creators. But no one, like I tell you right now, Tarvest has not taken any affiliate based deals. Yeah. Um, there's just simply, you know, once you reach a certain threshold, you know, brands are willing and able to pay you a flat rate. And so uh, we always avoid them. Most people should, but uh, I don't want to deter or, or, or disparage any programs um, that they could actually be doing some good. I just don't see them very often, you know. Um, does that, yeah, is that you, clear? You answered that absolutely perfectly. I've also dealt with... Uh an affiliate where they call you an ambassador they try to make you have like a nice title and everything but it's literally just be our salesman for us you know yeah i don't love them man it's a, it's a i don't cringe. love them what yeah. was the there was i think three or four questions in there what was the first one yeah let me uh link it to you as well um okay so best company to work with oh yeah asks, so yeah yeah um I, I gotta say manscaped and the reason is uh, one i love the product I don't know. Do you have you heard of them say? Oh yeah. I mean, I've seen Solo Mission. I've seen too much of Solo Mission, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has one of my favorite Manscaped ads <laughs> ever, I think. He's he's the the greatest at them. Um Yeah, Manscaped is is That was definitely work, a win-win-win by the way, that one especially. Yeah, yeah. look, he's the, the goat. Um both him, Torvest, there's so many that I could name that do an amazing job, but particularly Solo Mission is always very creative. And so the, the reason it makes them the best is because we most often achieve a win-win-win scenario with them. They give full creative autonomy to the creator um, to deliver the ad in any w way that they please. And so, and I mean full creative autonomy. They, they do give a brief with, you know, some talking points that you can talk around, but there's no, um, and, and of course, like the promo details, like you get 20% off or whatever it is. But apart from that, it's like, well, you make this as entertaining as you want. They don't put, you know, nothing is off limits with them. And that's what makes it so great. And um, they're really entertaining. 
they take care of our of our team. They pay the bills on time. Um, they're a really fun sponsor. We have a really good relationship with their influencer marketing manager. Her name's Kayla. She's she's been a gem. We've worked with her for going on three years now. So, she their Manscaped's my favorite. That's really cool. So you just have like a, I don't know, a little thing going with them, and uh, hopefully it's like a little like I don't know, healthy relationship, I guess, with Manscaped. That's pretty cool is there is what what um if i may ask per uh, a particular one how is raid shadow legends because i'm assuming you've dealt with them a lot are they yeah pretty good at, uh paying yeah, the bills they, and they, everything right yeah no definitely that's not an issue with them um they they certainly have cash in the bank so one thing that most people don't know uh, is that most sponsors um have campaign management companies that uh, oversee their campaign. So Manscaped is one of the exceptions where we work directly with Manscaped, but Raid Shadow Legends is developed by Polarium. We're, we're, we've, I've never spoken with Polarium. They have strictly uh, you know, two or three, maybe four agencies that deploy their ads across YouTube and Twitch. And so we work with one of the four. Well, we actually work with all four for different creators, but um, they... Yeah, they have someone representing them the same way the creators have someone representing them. So um, they've been good to work with. Um, so Raid is a bit more particular about um, what they want in their script. They they not, they don't script it out for you entirely, but it's pretty damn close. That like okay, you got sixty seconds um, or so as a minimum and say like 45 or 50 of that is like talking points you got to hit and cover. And so that, that kind of stunts uh, the creative autonomy. And I think that's a part of what makes it a little annoying for some of the fans that uh, maybe are resonating with this. Um, yeah. It, it makes yeah. it a bit tougher. I can see that being a bad thing for the viewer, but for the creator, I almost see that almost easier in a way where it's like, okay, I just have to cover these talking points. And sometimes I don't know. I can, I can almost see as a creator, they're not really caring that much about the product if they're not actually into it, like trying to, I don't know, making yeah. a creative post for Raid Shadow Legends and trying to be completely genuine with it might be a little tough. So I think yeah. talking points might be good for it, but yeah, yeah, for the audience sake, it's not great. It's tough. And and so um, back to that, that keyword of authenticity, and that's what makes good advertisements. Yeah. That's what separates the good from the bad. It's 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 kind of hard to do that with raid sometimes uh, because it's scripted, and so you know it's um, the talking points aren't always. Um, it's, it's sometimes they're not the most relevant for what will engage the audience feel, and, and they don't give as much creative autonomy as say someone like Manscaped. That I don't think in the three years we've worked with them that they've ever even given us a revision ever like accepted the first draft first time for every creator we've ever worked with. And so that's the difference. Um, but you're right. It does make it a bit easier if you have things spoken for you, but that it then the, the contrary is it seems less authentic. So it doesn't do as well um, as it could. So there, there are points for improvement there. Okay. He also asks biggest sponsorship deal that you can share. Ooh. Are there any crazy ones? Yeah. And yeah. I have, I've, I've had a crazy one. I can't give the exact figure, but I can say it was deep into the six figures for one Jesus. of our creators for a, for a license deal. Wow. I also, I mean, I guess to preface this, if you if you want to go in and if you can share, what are the rates? And when, when do people, YouTubers especially, at what subscriber count, at what viewership, 
are they kind of eligible for the sponsorship? And then if you can give, I don't know, averages, I'm sure people would be very interested to, you know, maybe hear how much some YouTube creators are making just based on some averages that you may have. Yeah, of course. Um, we So it depends on the category. So say a mobile game, um, it's always going to pay a bit more than a, a like an awesome brand um, that is what we call non-endemic. Um, so like a non-endemic means um, outside of the world of gaming. So like someone like Manscaped okay. is considered a non-endemic brand. Red Bull is a non-endemic brand. So they advertise in gaming, but it's not, you know, a gaming brand like uh, like Logitech would be. Um, so it'll range anywhere between you know 15 CPM and before I start dropping acronyms, CPM is cost per mil. So when we talk about the value of sponsorships, we're usually talking about uh, CPM, which is the dollar amount per 1,000 views. So um, I'll give you an example that'll make this clear. Um, it's say a 20 CPM rate. Um, uh, and if say the creator averages 100,000 views per video, uh, we can say that their rate is approximately $2,000. So um, it's that 20 times 1,000 is how we get to 2,000. Um, Okay. Uh, did I butcher my math there, say? No, you did it perfect. And I, I believe it or not, I, I was in uh, some marketing classes in college. I'm a dropout, of course, but I, I do know what CPM means, luckily. But uh, so at what point do they actually even start sponsoring you? Like, is there like a threshold? Like, if you're only getting 5,000 views, they're obviously not looking for that. What What is like the right. base number they're really looking for, most sponsorships at least? Yeah, before I, I, I get people are already uh keyboard warriors are going to come after me in the comments. 20 times 100 um so the 20 cpm um is the dollar is like the rates um yeah for the and how we got to 100 is 100,000 um you know divided by a thousand yeah uh, so that's how we got to that 2000 figure so anyway um approximately you know, 15 CPM to, to some cases, 30 CPM and beyond um, is what a common rate for YouTube. Wow. Um, again, it's, CPM. yeah, yeah, um, definitely some of them uh, pay that much. Some of them pay more, but that's a rough, uh, rough range for you to sink your teeth into. Um, and then uh, there definitely is a threshold. So for the floodgates to really open, um, you got to have around 50,000 per video. And again, there's people out there with 40,000 views per video that are getting sponsors just fine. But um, they, most of our brands that we work with at least begin, you know, really begin to be interested at around 50,000 video subscriber count could not matter less. It does not matter at all. Um, you know, we have, I have a creator with, uh, you know, 8 million subscribers in some cases making less than creators with 400,000 subscribers, it, just depending on the deal. And so, um, it does not matter. It's it's it's. If you think about it, it makes sense. It's all advertising. Um, it's just however many eyeballs are going to watch that ad is how much they're willing to pay. And so uh, that's how we break it down. But you can start, you know, getting your first like Rage Shadow Legends is a good introductory sponsor. It, it really is. Like they they target smaller creators than most brands. Um, so you know, if you're around tw you know twenty thousand views per video. Maybe even as low as fifteen thousand, you could attract the attention of some brand, um, maybe some mobile games. But 
yeah, if, if you want the others um, and you want it to be worth your time, around 50000 is what we shoot for. And that, that's the threshold we set for joining the agency as well. Uh, yeah, an, an approximation, but that's the rule of thumb we follow. Interesting. The other th- question I have is, you know how like a video will continually be watched? I mean, pretty much till the end of time. Is there a certain cutoff where of oh, his video for like this week, like you have to, you have to get a certain amount of views this week or, or however many views you got in a deadline is there usually a deadline yeah. good question so most of the deals we do are um that cpm is just used as an average so we take a cpm that we know that sponsor is booking for we take the average views per video and say like the last 30 days so um you know say if someone averages a hundred thousand video and say that sponsor we know will we'll book for 20 cpm um you know, that we'll, we'll price them at two grand, maybe a little bit above it to have some wiggle room for negotiation. Um, but most, you know, even if the video planks, you know, our job is to make sure the creator gets paid as much as possible, regardless of performance. Of course, we want them to do well, but, you know, we have to make sure they're protected and taking ads that are worth their time. And so we actually rarely take deals that are on a, uh, I guess that CPM basis that are, um, you know, basically perfor- performance model deals. But when they do, they do happen. I mean, it seems like we have a couple each month. And sometimes it's actually more beneficial to have a CPM-based deal. So if you know a video is really going to pop off, um, but you know your average is a bit on the lower side, and so the sponsor, they're just not going to take your word that the, that the video is going to pop off. You know, everyone says this video is going to do great uh, when they're negotiating, so um, they can get the most money possible. But sometimes you have to put your money where your mouth is. And... Um, and take a CPM based deal. And that those are usually over anywhere between 15 to 45 days with that 30 day mark in the sweet spot. Now that's usually when most videos um, kind of fall out of the algorithm, stop getting recommended. They're definitely, but uh, generally after 30 days, that video is, um, is pretty slow moving. And so that's when we'll send the, well, we'll, we'll run the numbers and the invoice. Okay. Very interesting. I'm. I love all. I love hearing about all this stuff because uh, I don't know. It's just interesting to see because a lot of uh, at least parents, at least boomers and stuff, they don't see the value in making YouTube and things like that. And so when you have when you start really seeing the amount that these content creators are worth to just make some RuneScape videos, it's pretty insane. Uh, the the times we live in, what uh, this is actually a possibility. So, yeah, look, yeah, I mean, no, if I could comment on that, um, that's a part of the reason why I'm so inspired to do what I do. Um, you know, at first, hell, even now, it's not like we're we're millionaires over here. Um, we're, uh, we live pretty, pretty modest livings. Um, but anyway, we simply know we want to legitimize the, the career of content creation. Um, you know, I grew up in a household where RuneScape is a waste of time um you know it's i could be playing outside i could be doing my homework whatever it, it's not something that anyone ever looked at is oh my god someone could actually make money by by doing this and through content creation it it, it enables people to live out their dreams truly um in the work that we do in other agencies it's not just us but we you know I mentioned 70 percent of the income of you know content creators on average is through sponsors i mean Imagine you're making a hundred grand, um, you know, which is a, a very healthy living. If you ask me, 
people will agree. And all of a sudden you slash that by 70%, all of a sudden 30 grand a year isn't really going to cut it for most people. And so, yeah, you probably have to move on to other things. Um, what we do is is valuable. It gives a, a chance for creators or aspiring creators to, to live out their dreams and um, legitimize their careers. You know, um, you know, these content creators and many of them grew up the same way I did, you know, playing video games and uh, maybe not being respected for it or looked down upon by maybe their peers or their family. Um, uh, you know, and so now, you know, we have this platform where we have this skill set and ability and network to, um, to make a money, to make a viable career out of it. And so one of the most humbling examples of that is one of our clients just got outreached by, by Make-A-Wish. You know, there's a kid that's really down on his luck. He has leukemia and he, you know, he wants to, to spend time with one of our creators. I mean, this content means a lot to people. Um, it does. It's not just sheer entertainment. Um, it, it holds a lot of weight. And so um, that's a part of the reason why, well, that, that is the reason, right? It's the heart of why we do this. It's, it's not for the money. Um, my whole team will agree. Um, that's why they're on our team because we, we want to give the chance for creators to, to live out their dreams. And so many of them um, are able to do that because of us. I've said it a, a thousand times, but it's something that we're really, really proud of. Very cool. Here's a question from USB. He's asking... Uh, and again, we've kind of already gone into a little bit, so if there's something that we've already covered, uh, feel free to skip over. But he asks a few questions. What's the catch for creators who sign with you? What does the organization get out of it? And how do you make that worth it for the creator? Especially since sponsors reach out themselves and have a savvy creator, or uh, and a savvy creator could negotiate good deals personally. So again, we've covered a little bit of it, but I guess on your guys' end, what is the... Uh, what is the benefit for you guys going out of your way to find sponsorships for creators? Yeah, well, we're confident in our ability to, to find deals and make them happen. That's why we only get paid when the creator gets paid. Um, and it's a minority percentage of the sponsorship deal. And so um, there, there isn't too much catch uh, apart from a small commission that we take from each deal. There's no retainer. There's no flat fee, hidden fees, no, no BS. Um, and we'll represent you for exchange for that. Um, and so what we get out of it, well, we, we get exactly that. Um, we make it, we make it worth it for the creator because most of the brands, they simply wouldn't be able to get on their own. I mean, think of these agencies that are working with say like ExpressVPN and Raycon and HelloFresh, they're sponsoring thousands of creators, sometimes each month, sometimes it's hundreds. Um, but most of the time, uh, those agencies that are representing the brands prefer to work with other agencies because they have a large network of talent and that's less emails that frankly that they have to send. You know, why why reach out to 50 individual creators where your response rate is going to be rather low when you can work out, uh, you know, reach out to one agency to have, you know, to get, you know, pricing and availability for 50 content creators. And so it's kind of a one-stop shop for anyone that wants to advertise in the RuneScape community. So by being a part of Crusader, you know, they get access to brands they simply otherwise wouldn't yep. uh, be exposed to. And so, yeah, I mean, definitely some creators are, are savvy enough to negotiate you know, good deals personally. Um, some of them have that skill set, but their, their time is very valuable. Um, they don't want to, at least if they're signed with, with me. Um, 
that they, they don't want to. They'd rather spend time making content, um, editing, doing anything else, you know, not responding to emails. Uh, next time you talk to EVscape, you'll have to ask him how much he likes emails. I'll spoil it, actually. He doesn't. Um, I don't think he's ever opened his uh, business email. I, I entirely manage that forum. And so awesome. it's very convenient to have just brands drop in your Discord with, you know, oftentimes hefty uh, hefty rates and all you have to do is say yes or no and everything else is taken care of. So there's a, there's, it's convenient, but there's also um, security in knowing that you have a team. The sponsor's not going to mess around and pay you. They're not going to rip you off. The contract is going to be legitimate. So having those set of eyes and not having to pay, you know, say an hourly rate to an, an, um, a lawyer to look at it for you, um, it it's beneficial for... For a lot of creators absolutely so what is the goal of or the vision i should say of crusader talent is there a certain amount of creators you guys are really looking to push for is are you kind of good with kind of a more i don't know smaller relatively kind of yeah. tight-knit team or what's the, what's the ultimate vision for you guys so crusader i i have a a rule and that's i'll only sign someone if i could if I would be friends with them, if I would want a game with them myself, you know, I'm not here to just sign people to represent them just for numbers sake. You know, we don't, we bootstrapped our company. We don't have commitments to any investors or creditors. Um, we don't, you know, we have no plans on raising external funds. Um, we don't have yeah, shareholders to answer to. And so, you know, we can, there's a lot of freedom in that we can kind of do business um, our way and that's look we want to represent good people that we would be friends with that we could you know welcome in our homes like solo mission here not long ago with his girlfriend um and that was wonderful but we don't want to blow up into some uh massive agency that loses the the personal touch that a lot of big agencies just simply have to sacrifice because of the sheer amount of clients they serve so that's why we don't do you know like very much active outreach to other creators and we, we work off of almost solely a referral basis um, because we, we have no um, specific quantitative goal for like how many creators we want to represent. You know, we want to be profitable as a company, of course, you know, because we don't, we got to pay the bills just like everyone else does. But um, it's not like we want to be a hundred creator agency in the world or the biggest in the world. We just want to be the best. Um, cool. the best for creators. And so I think there's opportunity for growth, not just with signing new creators, but also working with new brands. That's, that's where we focus our attention. Um, you know, every time someone, one of my clients uploads a video without a sponsor on it, it's like a punch in the gut. I mean, seriously, like I hate it. Um, if we, if a sponsor could have gone on that video, like they wanted one and we couldn't deliver uh, for whatever reason, it's, some, it's not always our, our fault. Um, but for whatever reason, you know, that's money that evaporates for them and for us. And, um, we want to exceed expectations by having more sponsors than they could even accept, which for some creators we do. Some of the bigger guys are booked out months in advance. Um, you know, we, we, we want to work more and focus our attention on more of developing the brand side of our business that reels more brands in. And so we've done that. We've hired several people help that are wonderful at it so what's the difference between youtube and twitch sponsorships do you deal much with uh the twitch side of things 
Yeah, yeah, look, we represent um, Sick Nerd, Skill Specs, uh, Tasty, many, many, uh, many streamers. Most of our revenue comes from YouTube, um, Twitch. If you just look at the numbers, you, you'll tell uh, which one would be more valuable. Uh, you know, you have YouTube where you have creators, someone like Torvest who's averaging 150, 400,000 views a video. Or you have Twitch streamers that maybe have a couple thousand people on um, for some of the bigger streamers. You know, you just simply have way more eyeballs on YouTube. That platform is far easier for us to monetize than Twitch is. They're definitely sponsors on Twitch. We work with them all the time. Um, Ron, Ron Plays Games has been working with NordVPN for uh, the better part of a year now, somewhere around there. Um, so we've worked with Streamloots, we've worked with many Manscaped. There are plenty of uh, Twitch opportunities, but there are simply more fish in the pond for YouTube. Yeah, for sure. I mean, YouTube's massive. I also have another question about Twitch versus YouTube in a second. Yeah. But I want to ask about, let's just, uh, I don't know, I'm just thinking because you just brought it up, NordVPN. Something like that, when a viewer sees a creator that down in their panels they have like nordvpn use this code to get you know some some percent off sure is there a certain amount of like concurrent viewers that goes off of how much they're getting paid like how does the payment work and how much is it exactly and how how does it differ from youtube so like yeah. let's just say a person that i don't know is streaming to 500 people consistently yeah really good question absolutely uh, again it's it's all advertising so um in order to determine the price of an advertisement or in this case uh, an endorsement you have to first see how many people are going to be watching it and so um, a loose rule of thumb um, so say it's like a NordVPN sponsor or another sponsor where you've got like 30 days with the deliverables maybe you mention them once a stream you've got that brand panel a chat bot command yada 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 um, it's around a dollar sometimes two dollars per concurrent viewer on average so if you've got 500 uh, concurrent viewers, um, you could expect to to make anywhere between 500 to 1,000 for a particular sponsor in a given month. And so the nice part about Twitch is you can have multiple sponsors at uh, you know a month. You've got people like Foe. Um, his, his name pops out at me. I've been loving his streams. He's working with like Factor or HelloFresh, and one of the two, if not both, and all simultaneously NordVPN. He's, uh, we've actually booked him for an Albion online deal. Uh, Odablock, they, they stream the game together. Yeah. So like the nice part about Twitch is you can take like multiple sponsors at, at, at once and have them running concurrently. Whereas on YouTube, you can only have one sponsor per video. So that's the, the nice part. But um, they they tend to be like less money um, as, as a whole versus yeah. YouTube that has just the potential to way more. Very interesting. Is that, uh, is that, I don't know, I don't know if fair is the right word, but do you see that as a fair thing or do you think that streaming should maybe be higher, but it's just been kept down so low or is, are their rates no, pretty I, fair right now? I think, I think the, the rates are fair okay. um, because at the end of the day, you have to look, you know, for me to be able to say something is fair or not, I, I have to look at the value exchanged on both sides. So from the creator side, well, the creators are accepting it. So you know, um, they must deem that it's fair, at least to some extent. Um, and then the, the brands are, uh, 
they're continue. I mean that they're like capping out at those rates. Um, so they have a price ceiling based on what they know uh, or what they think they can earn off of a particular advertisement or sponsor from creator. And so there's sort of like an equilibrium between, you know, the, the price ceiling of what the advertiser is willing to spend and like the price floor of like what the creator is willing to take the deal, um, take the deal for. And so as long as, you know, the price ceiling of the advertiser is higher than the price floor of the creator. In other words, um, if you have a, you know, say a creator saying, look, I'm not going to get out of bed for, for less than a thousand bucks. Um, you know, I, I just simply don't want to do it. And then if a sponsor says, look, you know, we're, we're capped out at 800, well, you have an impasse, say, of 200 bucks, um, you're, you're going to be deadlocked unless someone makes a compromise. But, um, you know, say, you know, flip those numbers around, if the creator is willing to take it for 800, but the sponsor is willing to, to book for 1000, that's great. That's uh, a win-win situation where the, the price um, ceiling was above uh, the price floor of the, the creator. And so, um, you know, a deal can happen. So with, with most companies, do you think, okay, so a company that's going directly to the creator, is there a a little bit of that, uh, kind of taking advantage of them where they will lowball a creator if it's not through an agency or through anything like that? Do you think that's a tendency for companies to do? No, I actually, I think it's the other way around. I think it's the brands that have agencies that are representing them that will make the lowball offers. And the reason is you have another person in the middle. So most of those agencies don't have a fixed commission percentage mm. off of the deals. And so, so say a sponsor, they get approved you know, $2,000 um, to sponsor a creator. So the agency... You know, goes to the brand and says, look, we can book this creator for two grand, yes or no. They say yes. And then they can turn around to the creator and say, hey, look, you know, we're willing to pay you a thousand bucks for it. Well, the reality is they have 2000 Of course, they need to make some money as well. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in business. But you know, if they're taking half of the deal, I consider that, um, you know, that, that, that can be a bit much. And so that's why you need a, a, you know, a good manager to you know, see that before it happens. But um, Agencies can definitely lowball because that's how they improve their margin. Um, brands, I mean, they could also do it. We have definitely worked with brands that come in a bit lower, but I think they're more. Um, I think agencies that are representing the brands are more likely to do it. If I had to, if I had to pick one. Okay. Box Terrier asks, "How are OSRS content creators and consumers viewed by companies you guys work with?" Are there any significant differences, good or bad, compared to other games and communities? And you say you work with like Roblox and uh, a Minecraft streamer, is that correct? Or a uh, whatever yep, the other couple, game was? Uh, Rainbow Six Siege. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, definitely. A RuneScape is, is viewed uh, positively amongst the advertisers that are looking to, to target men, uh, you know, adult men. Um, particularly in the US and UK, the uh, I explained a bit of the value of targeting millennial, particularly millennial men. Um, is, but I, I will say it's because the audience is older. So if you like look at Fortnite or how you even look at Roblox, you're advertising the kids. Kids have less discretionary income to, to buy something. So we wouldn't necessarily want 
um, which sometimes they have done this and it has worked out. So this is like a, a generalization, but you wouldn't want a, a product that you'd normally market. So say like maybe like Manscaped as an example, you um, probably would find a, an old school RuneScape content creator more valuable to endorse that product than say a Roblox creator who has, you know, an average age audience of like 12. Yeah. Um, so yeah, most, most 12 year olds aren't buying Manscaped products. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, that, that's why that's their value is the audience is very consistent. They're adults with discretionary income. And that's what that's what kind of separates RuneScape from a lot of other games that have, um, you know, that have younger audiences. So I want to take a step back and uh, talk about before Crusader Town was ever made. So you're a RuneScape player. Was yeah. that kind of the reason you started uh, grabbing OSR as content creators? Was there, was there ever another game that you were like ooh, that would be really cool to get advertisers for this game instead or was it always kind of like oh runescape's my you know my yeah the game i love so i'm gonna stick with this or how did really that go good down? question really really good um and so i guess i'll tell you the story of how we came about to to founding the company so i i've played runescape since i was i don't know 12 or 13 years old ever since i could be on a computer um <laughs> And I loved it. I was addicted, glued to the screen. Um, it was awesome through middle school and part of high school. And uh, the evolution of combat scared me away. Yeah, I was not happy with <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, it was, that was kind of the, the end of it for me for a while. Um, you know, free trade was restricted um, in the evolution of combat. But that, that was like the nail in the coffin. And so um, I kind of grew out of it. And... Um, you know, but I would still watch content creators. So like I would yeah. still kind of keep up with the game is, is most of the con, excuse me, most of the audience of RuneScape content, they don't even play RuneScape. Um, it, it's actually a minority of players, uh, people that watch the content actually play the game actively. And so at one point I was one of those people that didn't play, but, but watched it, kept up with it. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, I remember when I was a kid, I wrote Spark Mac fan mail. Um, <laughs> And now I'd manage him, which was a pretty cool moment. That's awesome. Um, so, but yeah, I, I like Nightmare RA, Spark Mac, Chris, Chris Archie, Torvesta. You know, I loved watching them back in the day. So I, I would always consume the content. And as I, you know, I certainly wasn't playing in, in college when I stayed pretty active and busy and focused on my studies, um, but I would still watch it. And so um, even into my early professional career, I still hadn't, um, really picked it back up, but uh, I had just began um, dating my partner, um, both partner in life and business, Brooke. Um, I kind of kept RuneScape, not a secret, but I just didn't like advertise it. I mean, um, that I was consuming this content, a little nerdy, and we just started <laughs> dating. Um, we, all, we all understand. Yeah. 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 And so I just, the idea came to me when I saw, you know, a sponsor or two you know, enter in RuneScape, um, I think it, it may have been Raid, where I was like, look, advertisers see value in these creators, clearly. I mean, they've already demonstrated that by sponsoring the RuneScape creators, and they're doing this in other games. Well, particularly, the they're part of the entertainment industry. Endorsements are, are commonplace. Um, you know, what if we... But they don't happen nearly as much, is what I was thinking to myself. Uh, and so, like, what if we... Kind of banded the the content creators together and, and formed sort of an alliance, and that way we can um, 
you know, we can get more advertisers for them, like as a collective. And um, I suspected that a lot of the brands were taking advantage of the content creators simply because they didn't have, you know, management. They didn't know what they were worth. And this was all just a theory at the, at the time. I had no idea. Um, just kind of pulled this out of thin air. And, um, you know, I pitched this to, to Brooke and um, she's like, yeah, you know, that, that actually sounds like it could grow some legs. And um, we took it, uh, you know, one of my closest friends and mentors is her father, who's a seasoned uh, executive and um, has worked with startup companies. And I was just working, working a corporate day job um, at the time. And my fiance was working fiance. Now I spoiled it, but Brooke was working for a, um, you know, startup, whatever, marketing director. And so we're like, well, we're thinking about doing this, you know, sort of on the side. Um, We're just going to see if these content creators have any interest and we're going to try to test the waters out. And so um, he's like, yes, that's a, that's a fantastic idea. We're, we're going to file the LLC tonight. Kind of like spit the water out of my mouth, uh, so to speak. And like, oh, I, I don't know if I was that committed to it, but all right, I guess we're doing this <laughs> we're thing. And it. so, yeah, yeah we, we, we did it over a couple of beers. We registered the business. We were originally eSports Talent Management LLC. And that's actually what our name, um, you know, you can change your name as a business, of course, but that's how we, we started. Um, and so we got the name. We, we reached out to um, a few creators to kind of test this theory. You know, it, is there a demand for sponsors? Like, have representation already, you know, what does sort of the landscape look like? And we reached out to my three favorite at the time. Um, it was EVScape, uh, Rakesy, and Solo Mission. And, and EVScape, this is before we even had a website or a domain. Like, we just filed for the business, but that's, you know, none of that's, like, public. So, uh, you know, I'm reaching out on a personal email. I'm like, hey, look, I've got this vision for, you know, RuneScape content creators and helping them get sponsors you know, you don't have to pay me unless I, I come through for you. You know, are you willing to take a call? And he's like, screw it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, took the call at like three or four in the morning. He's, he's Australian. Um, so I, I bit the bullet and set the alarm for, for three o'clock and, and spoke to him about, you know, the vision I just explained to you. And he's like, you know what? I'm, I'll take what I can get. Sure. Um, you know, let's just give it a shot. And he just believed in, you know, complete blind faith uh, in me um, from that conversation. And frankly, I wasn't expecting him to say yes. Um, you know, I gave a pretty compelling pitch. Look, I can put money in your pocket. There's no risk. Um, let me do what I do best. You know, I had worked with some sponsorships uh, at my university. You know, when I was in school. You know, I've, I've got have a background. Um, I studied negotiation mastery. Um, through a program at Harvard and look, I've got this skill set that can, I can represent you well. And yeah. So he said, screw it. Um, and so, I, I mean, that's before we even had a contract. So we had to scrape together a contract and, you know, get them signed. Um, and uh, it, 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 after a while we gained some momentum. We got, you know, after a couple months of reaching out to sponsors and, you know, built a halfway decent, but still pretty novice website, um, and we got some deals and they started to come through and EV gave me his word that, you know, we did some good for him that he'd recommend us to his friends, um, who are also content creators. And that's how we'd kind of get our foot in the door. Um, and that's exactly what happened. So after a while, uh, after a couple months, we deals start to flow in. He starts introducing me to his friends and, um, you know, endorsing me. It's, it's a hell of a lot easier to get your foot in the door to manage a creator when you know, you're already representing someone in the yeah. space. So 
um, Rakesy decided to join, um, Solo Mission decided to join. I call those my, my big three that kind of put, you know, total blind faith in me um, to, to, to represent them and to lead them and to form this agency. Um, and that's exactly what we did. And then from there, it just snowballed. Man. Um, the sponsors were biting. We were booking deals left and right for these guys. Word was getting out. And we sponsored um, the Battle Royale that EVscape hosted. Uh, we're over a million views now. You know, we sent um, we sent hoodies with Crusader talent plastered on the on the front to every content creator that was that participated, and really get our name out there. And a lot of it, you know, we put a ton of hard work and spend this whole podcast thanking people. But um, you know who you are that, that worked so hard with me behind the scenes to make that that happen. But I really have to thank EVscape for. Um, just putting faith in me and um, and and spreading the word once he once I proved my value to him and from there just snowballed man we we were signing people left and right you know we grew to twenty from from three to twenty two well, really from one to twenty two content creators in six months of being in business um, all old school RuneScape content creators. Um, and that's something we were really proud of. And this is while we we're still working our day jobs and doing, you know, Brooke and I were still in school for our MBAs at the time. And so we've got, you know, full-time jobs. We've got pretty much full-time workload with school. And we're also managing 22 creators. Um, it was, it was an insane time in our lives. It's before we had, you know, a team to help us. It was just us. You know, we had a, you know, finance lead to help, you know, on a part-time basis, send invoices and such. But at first it was just us. And so um, we we really gained momentum quickly once word got out. And um, you know, if you fast forward a bit, we in about April of last year we decided. Um, and, and so I guess supposed to answer your question, we chose RuneScape as the obvious choice because that's simply what I was what I'm interested in. You know, I really don't consume too much content outside of a RuneScape. I don't play any other games other than RuneScape. I mean, I occasionally play like Call of Duty. Um, and sometimes keep up with that, like some of the big tournaments that come about. Um, I love Dr. Disrespect. Uh, he's, he's one of my favorite characters. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, RuneScape was the obvious choice because I spoke the language, man. I, I have yep. <laughs> played the game for ages. I, I've watched, I know all the creators, at least from a fan perspective. So yeah, that was the obvious choice. And then I kind of got a bit of ahead of myself there. But uh, come April of last year, we were like, shit, we should, you know, we have the opportunity to expand into other games, but you know, we don't have a reputation in other games. And um, we actually had like a, a brand referral. Um, our friend Chris, who who used to work at, at Ironside, um, would just basically send us people. And he's like, look, this creator's awesome. Love to work with them. But, you know, it's been a bit sloppy because they don't have management. You know, I think you could do a lot of good for them. Want me to make an intro? Like, yeah, absolutely. And so that's how we Ooh, signed. That's cool. um, yeah, there's no better feeling to have other people in the industry you know, vouch for you and yeah. uh, and refer you to people they work with. And that's how we signed uh, Vitamin Delicious and um, The Godly Noob and Vitamin, uh, excuse me, that's how we signed Think Noodles. And then, um, you know, a couple of the other creators came along after and um, it's been great. So like, it wasn't really like intentional. We knew that we could expand in the other games, but it's like we really want to focus on servicing RuneScape because that's what we know and love the most. But, you know, if there are creators out there in other uh, categories that we could serve, we'll absolutely bring them on. And so 
while our our RuneScape like excuse me, while our Discord server um, is exclusively RuneScape content creators, I'll I'll always keep it that way. Um, our our agency at large is starting to expand into other other games as well. So. Um, the, the choice for RuneScape is purely favoritism. Like that's just the game, and it and it's also happens to be a hit with sponsors, so it, it turned out to being a, a viable business. Yeah, I think it's also a good thing. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I mean, when I see Crusader talent and I see, oh, there's a bunch of familiar names I know because I'm in the OSRS community. If there right. was like one or two OSRS creators and a bunch of other people I've never heard of, I wouldn't, I don't know. It's just like, uh, okay. I'm glad that, well, I'm personally just, I love to see a bunch of old school creators kind of coming together in their own little thing. So I personally think it's cool. I, I also want to ask if there was anything that you wish you had done differently. Was there anything like maybe some hiccups on the road to growing this business? Um, that you kind of wish you had done differently or things that you've now learned that, okay, like if you had to redo it, you could do it a little bit better or what? Yeah. Oh man. There, there are definitely opportunities for improvement. Um, thankfully we, I don't have any big regrets. I don't, I don't have any regrets at all. You know, any, any mistake we've made, you know, it's, that's just a lesson learned and we, we don't do it again the next time. Um, so that, that's the philosophy I, I subscribe to. Um, when you're leading a business and, you know, things aren't, of course, not bound to be perfect all the time. Um, I would say putting a bit more faith in ourselves and our ability to make this succeed. You know, we were, I was doing really well in the corporate world, um, you know, for financially, professionally, I was making a lot of money. I was getting promoted. Um, and that's not to be a flex. It's just the, the reality was I was doing well. And I, that was, hard for me to step away from, you know, to take this leap of faith. I mean, good gosh, you know, there could be one tweet um, or, or one thing said that could um, tarnish your reputation or the business could go sideways. I mean, that's, that's kind of a lot can go wrong or sponsors could just one day suddenly stop sponsoring creators. Like there's a lot of risk as an entrepreneur, of course, especially in the entertainment industry, it's pretty easy to get swallowed up. You know, so I'm going to come around and try to undercut yeah. us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or, you know, how do we how do we do that? And so I, I think it's not a regret, but I would have placed more faith in our abilities earlier on to take the leap into doing this full time sooner. Because, like I said, at one point we were managing 22 at, you know, this is part time. I mean, but certainly a full time amount of responsibility. And so it took us a while 
um, to scale and to, you know, prove that this business model was viable enough to support ourselves financially and the step away from our careers that we, you know, spent many, many years in school to, you know, get the accolades and build the resume to in, get the job in the first place to, to leave it all behind um, is scary. And so, but I don't regret anything. And if I could go back, I would probably do it sooner. Um, so thankfully, there nothing uh, uh, you know, too drastic has yeah. gone awry. Um, yeah, so that's 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 cool. I know I didn't I didn't expect anything in particular. I was just saying uh, I don't know if it was little things that you kind of wish you had done. But I guess the earlier part is probably the biggest regret, if that's even the correct term for it. Regret. But um, so here's a question, and I'm going to expand on it uh, because I have my own question as well. But I know you had said previously that you guys are really focused on sponsorships, not really community events and stuff. Sons asks, is Crusader planning on hosting any community events in the future? Bingos, PvP, LMS, etc. And I also want to just add on another question to that, which is, do you think OSRS could ever be a successful esport or esport game? Good question. Good question all around. Personally, I love community events, particularly when content creators come together. I think those make the really exciting content when uh, creators collaborate. Uh, I love seeing cameos. I love seeing like a not a duo series, but like a duo duo video. I wish there'd be more duo series out there, uh, like Lincoln Rarg and yeah, Jim yeah, yeah. that do an awesome job. But um, yeah, I. I wish we could do more. I really wish um, had just simply the time and the bandwidth to, to do it ourselves. But we, I think that it's better for creators themselves to lead the events. Like we could never put something together like the battle royale. I mean, that's something that a mastermind like EBScape would, will have to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we'll sponsor it. You know, we'll throw resources at it. Yeah. We'll find sponsors for it. We will, you know, help with hoodies and help behind the scenes. And we will support that. We will empower creators to do that. And we sponsored Rob Plays Games. He did a game show series, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Uh, that was so much fun. I would love to to throw resources at that, and, uh, things like that into the future, um, power creators to do it. But I don't see Crusader as a, as a company hosting money. Um, I love PvP. That's my favorite part of the game. It's not even close pretty much live at LMS on the game. <laughs> I pay rent there. Um, and so seeing like PVP tournaments are awesome, but they're just so hard to run. And we've got oh, yeah. people alting, you know, yeah. seeing uh, dead men mode. Yeah, a lot of cheating. It's really hard to enforce. But we do, um, occasionally we do content creator, you know, private events. Um, and that creators can use it for, for content if they like. But we've done... Uh, PvP tournaments in the past that are so much fun. I mean, imagine like a dozen of your favorite content creators all on a call together fighting one another. I mean, it is awesome. And I would love if uh, other, particularly our clients, want to take the reins on leading something like that in the future. I know we had, um, it was like Zulu and Rice Cup, and there's a couple others, pardon me, that that uh, donated into the prize pool, like a ton of GP uh, to get you know, to incentivize some creators to participate. And so um, it was it was awesome. I love doing it, but I just wish, you know, I wish we had more time and resources to dedicate it ourselves. But yeah, yeah we, we, 
I like to see events. Um, I don't think I think collectively um, as a community, we can see that JX has has kind of fallen short on events. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I guess I was being nice there. They've definitely fallen short um, on on their events, and I wish they would do more. Um, But I I just don't. I'm I'm losing faith. Say yeah, I'm losing faith. Um, I don't think RuneScape has the potential to be a, a viable esport. Um, I just don't. There's so much goes awry anytime Jagex hosts anything. In order for a game to be a you know a franchised esport, you have to have buy-in from the developer, and you have to have support from the developer. And to get things, even like a private world, uh, or or you know other arrangements for events that have a history like the battle royale that has done really well. I mean, this event is going to get a million views plus on YouTube or close to it. It's going to, to, to bring in uh, thousands, if not tens of thousands of people live on stream, like the community wants these events and to get resources from Jagex um, to, to dedicate dev time um, has been like pulling teeth. And we're, we're very grateful. Like, I don't mean to mince my words here. We're very grateful um, for the support that they have given, but I, I know it's not enough. It could be more. Um, yeah, to, to really support the creators and to bring their vision to life, it, it, it's pretty difficult. And I know they're, they're making steps um, to try to make it a bit easier, um, but frankly, I'm, you know, we're met with like roadblock after roadblock when we try to do creative things um, yeah. like that. And so it, it makes it really tough. I, and I think... Um, I don't mean to call people out by name and I won't, but they're, they had a head of esports at one point uh, at Jagex. Um, so at, at one point there was some sort of corporate buy-in to, you know, invest in a future of esports at Jagex and it failed miserably. Um, it just didn't go well. Um, and it was really disappointing to see because I'm, I'm someone loves competition. Shit, I was a student athlete in college. I live and breathe it. You know, I love seeing people compete. I love watching the, the uh, community-run tournaments that are on um, from time to time. And um, to see Jagex kind of fall on their faces hosting them um, is really disappointing. And so I, I don't have much faith that um, they're going to be able to deliver. Um, and finding finding ways to monetize it is really tough too. So, you know, finding sponsors to to um, basically make, you know, pay for price pools and operation costs is is really tough behind the scenes. I mean, it is really challenging um, to get sponsors to deviate from like a standard video sponsorship or, or Twitch stream sponsorship into, you know, an event package that's, you know, certainly pricey. Um, you know, there isn't a ton of history with events, particularly like you just don't have a ton of data to show them, Hey, look, this is going to be a success for you if you invest X amount. So it's hard to get that buy-in. So I think it's a cult, uh, culmination of factors. It's not all Jags fault. Um, I I don't mean to be overly critical, but there's, is is there like something Jagex like that you would love to see Jagex do? I mean, is there something that they've kind of been holding out on and, uh, something that could really like change the scenario of this all like and it's not even really a question to you particularly but it's like to all the creators that you're dealing with i mean what is the main thing that people want to see jagex do yeah uh, i think through and through so if you just look at the numbers sheer numbers the biggest content creators 
um, with maybe the exception of Settled, are PvP content creators. Yeah. Look at Frame. Look at Torvesta. Uh, most of, well, some of solo mission content is based. Um, but if you look at the big guys, um, they love PvP and it brings in the numbers. You know, it keeps the game alive. And I think PvP update. I know people are just so sick of like playing about lack of PvP updates, but it's really true. I mean, you have Torvesta uh, making the same videos that he has for years and years and years to do a lack of variety and in, in weapons and in updates and things that keep the wilderness alive. I mean, um, I'm going to go out and say it. Bounty Hunter needs to be brought back. Um, you know, these are very specific yep. things that I think they could do. I, the, the fact that they're, um, they have, what, nine figures in annual revenue, and they one of the most popular um, mini-games being Bounty Hunter has been offline for, what, two years, years now? Yeah. At least, yeah, two years now, and they haven't been able to figure out a way to make it work is just... Uh, makes my, my makes my stomach turn. Frankly, it's really disappointing to see them not invest to developing PvP content, and I think that's what a lot of creators moan and groan about. Um, we all sound like broken records, so I, I won't. Um, <laughs> God, I won't beat them to death too much. But I would also like to see the dedication of resources to for um, for creator hosted events. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that the only reason Old School RuneScape is is a company, uh, or at least a studio that is profitable, that is uh, worthy of investment, you know, they're owned by uh, basically a holding company, is because of their content creators. It's because yeah. of the viewership. If you look at look at the look at the analytics, look at RuneScape three, and look at Old School RuneScape. There's simply more people that play Old School RuneScape. And there's simply far more viewers that watch their content. They go hand in hand. It inspires people to play. It gets people to buy bonds. And so without content, you don't have a game. Uh, or you have a, a much smaller game, an even smaller dev team, even smaller company. And so I, I would like to see an investment uh, in, in events that are creator-run, but that are supported by Jagex. Uh, and that and PvP updates. Um, those are the two things that um, I would love to more. Yeah, I I had I, one of my questions was literally just how important is PvP for the health of the entire game? Uh, and I guess you've kind of already answered that simply because, I mean, that is what people love to consume. I personally, like, I'm not even a PKer and I love watching PvP content. It's interesting, I love, man. I love watching Dead Man Mounts. In fact, I've even uploaded my own PvP content here and there. It's not really PvP, but it's like me going to the new Rev update. I mean, that'll be like my most viewed video. People love watching that stuff and it gets them to click on it. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, I think, I mean, in short, I think it's very important. I mean, you, you don't have to be a PKer to appreciate it, 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 but it keeps other people interested in the game. It keeps the game alive, um, yep. keeps the servers active. And so, even if you're not a PKer yourself, Maybe you've got some Iron Man groaning, listening to another uh, PK, complaining <laughs> about lack of updates yeah. and yada, yada, yada. But um, it's true. It, it's important for the health of the game. And um, I think it's been neglected for, for far too long. Uh, more action, more accountability from the developers at Jagex. Um, you know, there's no... Yeah. Is it Mod Rock um, developed LMS in free time. And it's 
I, I don't want to make a sweeping statement because I don't I don't have the numbers in front of me to know if it's true, but I think it's a wildly successful mini game. It's oh, constantly yeah. active. Yes, there are bots, and yes, you know there are people that cheat, and you're going to get that in any mini game. But it's it's wildly successful, and he had to make it in his free time. I'm very grateful he did. It's my favorite part of the game. Yeah, but in real. fact, it, it, that just screams volumes that you know that they are not um, the developers aren't being aren't able uh, or willing to allocate the time necessary to to grow that aspect of the game. So um, far more accountability is needed um, to actually make shit happen instead of making you know excuses. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a little rough. Uh, I mean, the the little counterpoint I want to bring is like, I mean, old school RuneScape's doing just great, and the all the content creators are still managing somehow. So I think Jagex is like, oh, they're not at like <laughs> right the, the very edge of like, okay, we actually have to do something because it's going fine for the most part. But yeah, I mean, to secure a future with the game and everything, I mean, they need to start taking things seriously. And I think. With Bounty Hunter in particular, now I'm not really the person that should be the spokesperson for Bounty Hunter because I've never really participated in it, but I know a lot about it and I used to watch a lot of streamers that were, that was their content was Bounty Hunter. I mean, that's what they streamed every day. And the fact that Jagex will not put, and I mean, my idea of Bounty Hunter is to just add some moderation. I mean, you got to have real people that are yeah removing cheaters like that that would be it i mean that would literally solve like every issue just have a couple moderators that can ban people oh god won't do it yeah they won't do it i mean look at the duel arena the duel arena was a i I, frankly i i like it uh or i liked it um as a as a player i but i you know i suppose gambled responsibly or you know competed responsibly at the duel arena um but it was a cesspool for corruption oh a cesspool a cesspool and if you uh if you frequent the duel arena you know who the scammers are it is obvious for a player to identify who is cheating who is scamming um who is real world trading and they did nothing about it for years and it took mq exposing them um well exposing the the cesspool that that was the duel arena to finally get it taken out of the game or not entirely taken out, but get it, get it, get it nerfed to the point where it, it could kill that corruption. Now, I think um, people have very strong opinions on the Duel Arena and its place in the game, um, and, I, and I won't, I won't, um, um, I won't get too deep into my personal thoughts on it. But at the end of the day, um, I just want to bring it home that it could have been cleaned up and it could have been prevented with moderation the same way bounty hunter could still be active and, and it really only takes a person or two on payroll um which it, it should be a, a no-brainer yeah um, that's what i think i'm like what what is it i mean clearly paying one guy to just i mean i'm pretty sure there would be community members that would do it for free yeah i mean, they, they, I mean they probably wouldn't do that but seriously what one or two people just paying them like Right, I know. A lot done. A lot of, a lot of cleanup done. Look for the people that are cheating and ban them. I mean, player moderators are effectively useless. Um, and I've spoken (laughs) to many of them. They they can mute people for like an hour or two, and then they just come back. There's no, there's no ban. Um, that that they can give, and maybe that'd be too much power for them to be able to ban people. That it would open up for corruption. But those moderators that, 
those player moderators in particular could do the job if they were given the power to. And I'm yeah. sure there are counter counterclaims to that. I'd love to hear them. But I think that could be a solution that at, at no cost, at no monetary cost, Jagex simply give them the power to, to moderate the game in a way that would suppress cheating. Um, that could be a solution. Yeah, it's tough. I I just see these, and I, I look at it very simply. I'm like, I, I see the very simple solution. I don't know what goes down there. I don't know what the higher-ups really say about any of this kind of stuff. But first of all, I'm surprised that, I mean, we, we've seen a track record of, like, if, if something's broken, they'll just, like, delete it, like, Bounty Hunter and Duel Arena and stuff. But uh, instead of just making nice, healthy changes to it, that could actually be really good for the piece of content. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how the PvP arena uh does when that's ever released and just kind of man, I know. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. They've also talked about other PvP mini games like uh, Faction Wars and stuff coming out, which I'm I'm really excited about because I think it is kind of that extra bit of content for content creators to make. Like I look at framed. I know framed has just been starved of like any new content to make, but it's Poor like, Kevin. I, yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think there's a little bit of hope to hold on to, at least for the next year or two. Just Yeah. I, well, I hope so. I mean, um, Jagex, it's no secret. They have a track record of over promising and under delivering yep. um, on things like the dead man mode rerun that took nine months. That was still a failure. Um, there are many examples, and I and I could go on for ages, disparaging them. But I, I know, um, you know, I have some friends in the organization. I know they work hard. I know they want what's yeah. best for the game. I can't speak for everyone, of course, in the in the org, but I know at least the the, the people I'm in contact with, they um, they have the right intentions. But I just uh, like the PvP arena is a perfect example. I think they were shooting for May, and they could say, "Oh, that was just a soft, uh, you know, release date." It's like just Every release date's a soft date. Every deadline is missed. You know, where is the accountability? Why aren't things just getting done? And obviously, I, I'm not in their organization to know how these things are developed. And obviously, you run into delays. But if you run into delays in every goddamn project, <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe you should make some changes um, to your organization. Um, just looking at it from a sheer business perspective, if 9 out of 10 projects, the timelines are, are missed, something is wrong with the org. It's It's not code. It's not... You know, uh, other the communities fall. It's 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 the developers, um, period. And so there needs to be accountability. They they must have a culture where that's just simply acceptable. You can just miss deadlines, or you cannot do your work. Yeah, I mean, people not working after hours when they need to be um, to get stuff done. That holds true in their commitments. I know, and that's not that's not a shot at every moderator. I'm gonna go out and say I just praise Mod Rock um, for going above and beyond for the. uh, for LMS, and I'm very grateful he did that. But sometimes that's what it takes to, in order to make a difference at a studio. And the PvP arena, I was looking forward to that. I think it was scheduled to go live in May. And here we are, uh, July, um, and we don't have anything. Um, it's just not acceptable to me. It's it's really disappointing. Yeah, it's... Uh we've gotten so used to it too which is like right, i know so I know. bad because we, we all see it's like okay you're you're saying august it's gonna be december you're saying this it's gonna be this yeah oh it's funny how it no, works. But, but yeah no you're totally right about the nine out of ten things <laughs> i swear is every single thing's late 
Yeah, and it's not just PvP. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's other content as well that that's just delayed in, incessantly. It's just I think the community is sick of it. Um, but uh, I'll get off my soapbox. Um, so but, oh, here's here's a question I have, kind of a little bit going back to the whole YouTube versus Twitch thing. Do you think? Well, my question is basically: Will Twitch ever get taken over by YouTube or any other streaming service for that matter? Do you see Twitch? Uh... Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think um, I think YouTube is gonna gonna chip away at Twitch. Um, Twitch uh, and their communities have stood strong um, despite uh, competitors entering the market. I mean, Mixer did their best at throwing money at creators to get them onboarded. Um, I just don't think Twitch treats their content creators um, fairly. I don't think they're compensated enough. I think the support um, that they get is inadequate. I think the bans are um, unjustified in a lot of cases. Uh, they don't provide enough evidence or, or context as to what uh, goes against their terms of service, um, what is acceptable. Um, I don't think they're a very well-run organization at large, and I think a lot of creators are getting really sick of it. Um, and you know, maybe it's someone that. I, I don't know. I don't mean uh, to be so critical. It's just my my thought that I think YouTube will be in the chip away. I think um, they're already starting to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with YouTube being a bigger platform that that if you are a new content creator or an aspiring content creator, I think you know streaming on on Twitch, uh, excuse me, streaming on YouTube is probably a better alternative. Uh, simultaneously putting um, you know, a VOD content. So it's like a regular YouTube video up on the platform, but also streaming where your audience is, um, your, your biggest audiences, um, is the right move. Um, but I think YouTube lacks some functionality. Like they just got, um, uh, the equivalent of gift subs. Like they just got that. Um, that, that may not even launch. I just saw the article like a week ago that could be in the near future, but I, I think there are things that Twitch does better than YouTube. Uh, that's not even close. Uh, like, uh, gift subs as an example. Um, yeah, they, that, they've really nailed the monet monetization of like viewers to creators like big time. I don't know how they did it either. Like they just nailed it. I don't know. Twitch yeah, has done some very successful things for sure. They have. I got to tip my cap to them as critical as, as I was earlier. I mean, obviously what they're doing is working, but I, I do think they're going to lose market share to YouTube. Yeah. Um, and I think even Facebook is uh, trying to buy their way into the... Well, I, I know they're trying to buy their way into the game. Um, we don't have any runes. You know, the category on RuneScape... Jesus. The category on Facebook uh, for RuneScape just doesn't exist yet. There aren't any streamers there, but are they there are really picking not up... Any? There's none. At least last I checked, there's yeah. zero. Um, <laughs> but you know they, they do have. I mean, they pulled. Um, gosh, who's who does Doctor Disrespect stream with? Um, Z Z Ladder. Um, mm. Sorry for forgetting his name for a second. But they, they pulled him to to Facebook, and there are other notable creators that are collecting the bag on Facebook, and they're trying to grow inorganically. And what I mean by that is they're they're just paying people yeah. to. Uh, very favorable deals to stream on the platform. But what I think um, they're doing that's a mistake is the requirements are astro-fucking-nomical. Um, 
they, I mean, they're expecting content, they're expecting streamers to be live 40 hours a week. I mean, imagine streaming eight hours a day, five days a week. I mean, some people do that, but imagine being tied to a multi-year contract where you have to. Yeah. Um, that's craziness. And so I think if they lowered the barrier to entry um, and started picking off smaller streamers in particular, also the big boys, but reducing the requirements um, that they could grow as well. I don't think facebook poses the biggest threat to twitch i think mm-hmm. it's definitely uh well they're called meta now but um i think it's youtube that poses the biggest threat yeah i really wonder with the whole like metaverse coming out how uh facebook's gonna maybe take a little bit more of that that share of gaming and stuff i i have no idea i've just heard things about it but uh that is really yeah. funny so when they grab people and they bring them over to facebook are they like paying them a salary basically oh yeah so yeah. that's how it works. It's literally just like they're paying them a salary to pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Full time. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're they're given a, a fixed rate for um, you know basically a monthly rate, the equivalent of what a, you know a salary would be. Forty hours stream. is too much, by the way. Wait, it's <laughs> way. I think thirty <laughs> hours is too much to to make as a, a as a commitment. Baseline. Yeah, yeah, that's it's way too much, and it scares a lot of people off. You know, I had they have. Um, what I call fuck you money at Facebook, you know, they can afford <laughs> yeah, it. Like, okay, do. they can spend it and they can invest uh, through inorganic means by just throwing money at people to grow their audience um, on the platform. Uh, and they should, you know, lower their requirements and continue to pay the big bucks to bring people on if they want to grow. I don't think its functionality is, is user-friendly, um, you know, as, um, you know, Twitch is or, or even YouTube so they have some, um, you know, user interface work to do there. I think for it, it really catches steam. But um, mm-hmm. they have the potential, and and I have no idea what. The, I mean, Facebook seems to always have a trick up their sleeve. They they know what they're doing. Um, they're one of the biggest companies in the world with seemingly unlimited resources. And so when you have seemingly unlimited resources, you can do uh, seemingly impossible things. So I, I don't know what the future holds for them, but I, I do see. Um, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn always lurking to see what the industry is doing and i know that they're bringing people on to to gaming roles at meta to to grow that it's not like this is something on the back burner i mean they're hiring people full-time salaried staff to to grow um but i think in the meantime twitch is just going to continue to dominate and take uh you know the lion's share of you know subs uh from creators and continue to ban them in in a lot of cases Uh, (laughs) unjustifiably i have a question i don't i don't know how much you really have to say on this topic i'm just curious because i do remember when mixer came out and they really tried i mean they pulled on ninja and shroud yeah and i mean this is very anecdotal i just remember popping into mixer two times total and i remember popping into ninja stream just because like that's the only person i even like would even recognize on mixer but i just clicked his stream and it just seemed dark like it just seemed depressing to being there <laughs> like yeah and maybe it was just the unfamiliarity of, of it all and stuff but uh, again shortly they just kind of dissolved They're like all right this isn't really worth our time we're, we're clearly not getting in there with twitch and youtube and stuff so let's just like stop and so they just quit but do you have any thoughts on what they maybe did wrong or is is there is there really just no competing with twitch at this point besides those that have already have a grounded thing like youtube and facebook potentially yeah um i don't know a ton about mixer that was um 
a bit before my time before I was super active in the gaming community, at least from the, the business side of things to know, to be able to pinpoint exactly what went wrong. But they tried to buy their way into the game. I mean, they bought, you mentioned two of the biggest names in gaming, Shroud and Ninja, yeah. that were signed to, to seven-figure contracts. Um, and I just think it's, it, it, it's a long game to bring people to a new platform. You know, people are just used to going on Twitch to watch live People yeah. are just used to going on YouTube to watch uh, the industry calls VODs, video on demand, just regular, regular what we call YouTube videos, the same way we call, um, you know, a, a tissue with Kleenex. Yeah. Um, at least here in the States, you know, we call videos uh, YouTube videos because it's just the, the, the platform to be. So I think it's the uh, long game. I don't think they were uh, profitable enough. Uh, well, I, I certain, I'm certain they were operating at a loss when they oh, were signing big those big names. You yeah. simply can't recoup that in the short term. And I'm certain they were trying to play the long game, but I, I'm just assuming the numbers just weren't there. And now yeah. I think advertisers are a huge key um, to getting creators on a platform. Now, Facebook, pretty tough. I've never had a brand come to me ask if I had any Facebook uh, streamer um, creators. Never, not once. Um, and I don't know anyone, any of my industry friends that have either. Uh, maybe I'm just in the wrong, I guess, segment um, and not getting any exposure. But if another platform, say Mixer, they had, uh, you know, Mixer worked hand in hand with brands like Red Bull and all of the other, you know, blue chip big names that would, you know, simultaneously sign those creators to, you know, endorsement deals um, as well as, you know, that platform exclusivity deal. I think they could get a lot of momentum. You got to bring the advertisers to the platform to attract the talent. And then once the talent is there, you know, they build their audience and they're retained. Um, so I think it goes beyond just paying them a salary and throwing money at them. I think they, they need to integrate sponsors into it as well. But maybe that's just my my bias because I that's what I cut my teeth in. But I really think that would help. Yeah, for sure. That's so interesting. We just got t three just conglomerates, basically. I mean, Google, Amazon, and Facebook are meta now, as you said. But uh, it is crazy to think that, like, really, there is no starting up your own streaming service at this point. Like, it's so, no, 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 so no. impossible to no, even No, no, it's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's just not going to be. I mean, maybe there's a chance for some niche, you know, underground community, um, but it would never you get know. to the size of what. Never. What we I, I don't seeing. think it would. I think it would take a complete meltdown of those organizations um, in order to to allow other, you know, say say a startup company to to step in the game. Uh, usually, I never say never, but I you know, try taking down Amazon, Meta, um, uh, you know, and YouTube, which is Google. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a, an uphill battle. I, I really do think, I mean, first of all, I'm happy as a content creator right now because of just the intense competition that's, I mean, clearly going on to dominate yeah. the the streaming industry and videos and everything like that. I mean, YouTube's already nailed it, but Twitch definitely with video game streaming is huge. And I love that. I mean, you know, there is a lot of things that Twitch does wrong, but they've, they have, and I've seen it personally as a Twitch partner, seen um, them really try to add some incentives. I mean, one of the things they were pushing a couple years ago was just trying to force all their creators to start running ads, like 
uh, obnoxiously, basically with no other incentive other than just we're going to force you to run ads. <laughs> um, and But now, I mean, they're doing a thing starting in July, which is this new uh, campaign for, I'm imagining, the vast majority of creators where they're actually paying them an upfront uh, way increased amount of ad revenue as long as they uh, sign a contract saying, I'll run this many ads every hour or something that they stream interesting hit a certain threshold so that gets me excited because i mean clearly i'm the one benefiting now because they are trying to keep their twitch streamers because i'm i'm assuming some have clearly left to youtube and twitch is not gonna be wanting that for too much longer although they don't really seem to care when somebody moves to youtube like they they don't say anything about it no no but but what are they supposed to say like yeah i think it was a crowd I may be misspeaking. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Shroud, but again, don't quote me. Um, that he was a Twitch partner, and you know his time came for him to renew, and they didn't do much to keep him. So he said, "I mean, this is his testimony. I wasn't involved in any of these deals, to know for certain. Um, it's all secondhand." But um, apparently, YouTube rolled out the red carpet. You know, and they were really, really excited um, to bring him on, and and Twitch didn't do much to to advocate, um, you know, to keep him. And it's not just throwing money at people; it's just making them feel important, making them feel heard and supported. You know, that goes a long way, especially for creators that have already, you know, made it. You know, that already have generational wealth that you know probably aren't counting pennies the same way you know a smaller creator might be. Yeah, and. Um, they didn't do very much to retain him. And I know that they cut Dr. Disrespect when he was midstream without providing, you know, a reason why. And he's been on the record saying that as well. And apparently they've reached their resolution. Um, but you know, I, I don't particularly, um, not a fan of how they've treated some of their, their biggest creators even. Um, but again, this is, this is an outsider's perspective. I've never had an issue with Twitch personally. Um, you know, apart from that, that dick bag, um, pardon my French, but the, the guy, um, God, what was his title that ran, uh, his, his own highlights channel and was stealing content from creators <laughs> without asking for their permission. And then one, one creator spoke up about that content, um, you know, being plastered on this gaming site. So it was like an esports, like TikTok mm-hmm. page. Um, he was uh, on the record. Uh, well, I guess he was technically off the record. These were screenshots um, that he he said, "Well, they're they're small anyway. What are they going to do about it? You know, keep Damn. posting their content." I'm paraphrasing, but that's yeah. how we treated it, and that was a scandal. And um, I don't know what they did with him, um, but it was just really disappointing to see you know people on the inside that were treating treating creators poorly, and that that's no way an indication of how I think their whole agency or their whole company treats creators but i've just had i've just seen so many examples that they weren't um uh they weren't supportive or they've been treated treated people poorly um because of their size and that that was unfortunate and i hope that was rectified i I didn't see a follow-up story to that after it broke and went viral interesting so i want to give a shout out to the people that have asked uh some goofy questions so Good day, Cow says a man who plays LMS is a great man. Uh, Grax, he actually wants to know your thoughts on the dark Varrock map in LMS. Oh yeah, I like it. Um, I think what's one more variety though? the better. Yeah, I think it's cool. I like it. Um, playing the old map constantly, 
got a bit mundane. Um, and so to add some variety was cool. I'd like to see more maps come out. Um, they can't be that difficult to, to, to uh, develop, I would say. You know, it's content that already is already coded in the game. I mean, mm-hmm. Dark, Varrock is already Varrock. Yeah. Um, obviously, there are changes that need to be made. So I'd love to see some variety, but I understand that that's not like the, the forefront of their uh, priorities right now with all the other things that they have to get done. But Nor will I it enjoy ever it. Be. <laughs> yeah. Nor will I, it ever I, I just mod rock has to do with some more spare time stuff. What a legend. <laughs> I, I, think, I think the map's too big, personally. It uh, is pretty big. And I, I maybe I haven't familiarized myself with it enough, but I swear, like, they say, oh, a crate landed here. I'm like, where? Like, there, <laughs> there's a bajillion yeah. spots. I mean, I have no idea. Yeah. I have, like, 11,000 points in LMS, and I still have to open the mini-map to figure out where some of the places are. That's my fault. Damn. I should just know. But I have been, I can I can uh, attest that it's pretty big. But um, it, it works. You know, the games move rather quickly. Uh, I think they're about you know 10 15 minutes or so which is adequate like there's yeah, never they... that much time where you're running around where mm-hmm. where no one uh you know can find you like the fog does a pretty good job of bringing people in um so i'd like to see more yeah good question yeah okay um automology just wanted to say the wolf of varrock i i chuckled, <laughs> I chuckled when he when he uh tweeted it i chuckled a little bit uh, i love it <laughs> i'll take that title thank you <laughs> And then Eviescape also is asking, how does he feel about the nature spirit quest? You're going to have to go into that. Oh, God. <laughs> Jake, Jake, Jake. He likes to bring up my most traumatic uh, RuneScape memory yeah, any, any chance we get. Um, nature spirit quest and I have a complicated relationship. So I spent... Uh, you know, I told you I, I didn't play RuneScape for a while. And when I got back into it, you know, I was a fresh professional. I... I you know, I didn't have that that much time to dump into the game, mm-hmm. um, and so I would play maybe an hour or so a day. And I spent the better part of two years maxing a pure. I uh, didn't have a main account; this was my only account. I maxed pure, ninety nine range, ninety nine mage, one defense, um, uh, fifty attack, and I finally perfected the PKing account that I've always wanted, and. Um, I wanted to, you know, before I got into the groove of PKing, I wanted, you know, I got my instruction level up, of course, uh, so I could, you know, teleport around pretty easily. And then um, I wanted the portal, the house portal that goes um, directly to the Grand Exchange. So PK worlds, you, you don't have to use like a ring of wealth or I don't think I had the construction level at the time to do like whatever the, the jewelry boxes that has the ring of wealth on it. So I was like, all right, well, I just do this quest, um, Nature Spirit, and boom, I, I have access to the Grand Exchange now, and I can bank easy. Um, what I didn't know is that um, Nature Spirit gives defense experience, <laughs> and I ruined my pure after spending two oh, years maxing it before I, I, I PK'd once on it. Oh, I ruined no. it, got it 13 defense because of the quest. Oh, my God. What was the... Did your just heart sink? I mean, what happened? I I could not believe it. I was actually saddened by that mistake. Like it could have easily been avoided had I just scrolled down in the guide uh, and saw that it gave defense P. But I didn't. I made the mistake. I completed the quest, and my stomach sunk. And I don't know if I played the game for like a month. Uh, (laughs) I was just devastated. And then, of course, 
you know, I'm telling my friends, EV being one of them, hey, yeah, I just, you will never believe what I just did. And um, I don't think I've heard anyone laugh harder in my life. You know, he was not uh, showing any sympathy for me. Um, so I thought, and then um, being the awesome guy that he is, he uh, made it pure for me. And my disclaimer is it's not for me. It's a shared account. But he, he made this so I could PK on it um, and made a video about it. And um, so nice of him to do that, but except the first like 30 seconds is... Uh, look at Mason, this big, stupid, idiot, moron, ruined his cure. <laughs> so I'm going to make him one because he didn't have enough time to do it himself. And so while it was a nice gesture, yeah, he uh, sure did rip into me. And that was all all fair game. Um, so I have I got to use the account. I PK on it to 50 tech, uh, baby pure, and I'm very grateful. Very cool. Yeah, that's uh, that's got to be just the worst feeling ever. I mean, I think the closest thing I've had to just a your heart dropping to the bottom of your stomach. I mean, just that horrible ache and feeling. I almost lost my eternal glory because I went onto a a Target World out in the wilderness. Oh. I almost died. Like oh. literally, I had no food left. My stream ran in and tried to protect me. There was like five PKers and singles, and I was trying to get them off of me. Anyway, I could feel already my heart sinking because i was like i'm going to die and i'm going to lose this and then uh, somehow i w- was able to gap them and log out but like that those moments where you're like it, i know it's just pixels i know this doesn't really matter but damn this is really causing no, me emotional distress right i know now, you spend a lot of time on it like yeah. it doesn't matter if it's just a game like it's yeah. something we're passionate about and if you're to lose it over a mistake <laughs> you know you're, you have a right to 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 feel bad about it and so yeah i'm, I'm lucky I, I ended up making. I didn't have a main account anyway, so I, I t- turned that thirteenth defense pure <laughs> into a, a main account, which is what oh, I nice. use now. Um, maybe Mason is the name. Um, if any listeners are curious and want to look me up on the high scores, I think maybe I gave Mason. up. Maybe Mason, yeah, M A Y B E M A S O N space. Okay. And so it's it's funny because a lot of you know if one of our my, my clients needs to use like a max account for whatever reason like usually a P, uh, pvp tournament they'll you know can access my account and and use it and so people think i'm different creators uh because they see my accounts on like oh, a block stream or you know other other tournaments which is pretty funny um except when they try hard and they they, they want nothing more than the bury a content creator although i'm just a just an innocent little manager here trying to get uh, a bit of an an ounce of enjoyment out of the game by playing some LMS. Um, they, they sweat on me. I, and it's funny. I, um, I've ha- I, I'm actually recovering from uh, sickness right now. And, uh, my first time playing in like a week or two, like really rusty. Um, I log in the LMS. Like I, I start playing it and who spawns next to me freaking solo mission. Um, <laughs> Is he, and- he's pretty good though. Right. Yeah, he's good. He's I mean, good. he he's good for sure. And but I always talk about how like good I am at LMS. Like that's the oh, one no. thing like I can do in the game. game. And he buries me. Um, yeah, he buries me. And I think he was training for uh, the Dead Man Mode rerun. It was like the the day of the event. And um, yeah, he he kills me. And that that was sour. I, I can't wait to uh, to get him back. And then um, it was the next day. There's no excuses with this one because I. Um, I was warmed up, but Reese, um, 
who I who I look up to and and have met. He's an awesome PKer. Um, total sweat, and I love it. Like I love it when people go uh, hard. use yeah go hard and use every mechanic they can to their advantage. Um, he buried me the first time as well, and then the second time uh, that was like in the finals of the LMS game. He destroyed me, um, and I'm not I, I can't I'm not gonna make excuses. Our gear wasn't that different, but the the very next game, we spawned next to each other with fresh gear, and it was almost dead even. Um, I got some pretty terrible RNG. He still deserved a win, don't get me wrong, but it was a hell of a lot closer. So it felt good to at least give someone a run for their money that, yeah. uh, that's pretty respectable in the PvP community. The worst thing about LMS is when you get... I mean, because clearly you can just have horrible RNG where you do like 150 damage less than you should have, and the other person yeah. just starts lashing it out on you. But the worst thing is when a really good PKer gets all the RNG. So you you feel like yeah, I could I could potentially, you know, give this guy like a like a hard time, you know, like try to like yeah, you know, make chip him down, but you know? but he just is non-stop dominating you. So you just look like a pathetic little worm just sitting there just taking it all because you're not doing any damage every single splash is missing that's probably the worst feeling i always just end up rage quitting last time i did lms actually i rage quit. i rage quit my stream because i was just so irritated. damn yeah it's it's frustrating sometimes and there's nothing worse when there's like an iron man i don't mean to call it just iron man it could be anyone that's just not that good at pvp but their rng is just demon mode and they just melt you (laughs) you that's they're hitting you with 30 bolts through prey range they're two ticking everything um they just don't deserve to win and they they hit you with a sit (laughs) or uh you're so bad just bolt ragging you the whole time and you're splashing like eight splashes in a row and you're just getting chipped away 20s that happens like just raggers um (laughs) get under my skin man because sometimes it's just far too close just sheerly based on rng like i'll be out or only have one or two food and this guy hasn't even maged me once and somehow and i'm still <laughs> yeah. empty and him. he's just yeah oh gosh they it's know bad. how to get under my skin but it's it's a fun game i love it and eventually i'll, I'll max uh, you can hold me to that maybe next time i'll I'm, I'm on the kind enough to bring me onto the podcast i'll i'll be closer but i think i've given up for now like i, I just can't train rune crafting man i can't train mining <laughs> i just I can't bring myself to do it, and the little time I get to play the game, like, I just yeah, can't that's the last thing you want to do. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, so I have just uh, my final last question that I like to ask, but I, I want to ask you first: Is there anything else that you would like to cover, either going along with uh, RuneScape, PvP events, Crusader talent, what you see uh, for the future of sponsorships and stuff? Is there anything else you'd like to? mentioned before we wrap up yeah i think there's uh people are taking notice of how valuable the endorsement of gaming content creators are um in the the creator economy creator economy the fancy buzzword for um the money that goes in and, and comes out of um of content creation that goes beyond gaming um and Gamers are particularly have a very high get a very high return on their investment, and there's people um, that are very sharp that are that are taking notice. I'm I'm really proud to be working with Harvard Business School, um, working with three marketing professors from Harvard to conduct research on uh, the creator economy. So 
we're going to be focusing our research on um, like how brands, creators, and platforms, you know, create, capture, distribute value. You know, the role of advertising in the creator economy. Um, can firms and creators directly manage customer attention? You know, how do you optimize content? How do you best incentivize creators? How to measure the success of creator campaigns? Like you, you have some of the the most brilliant marketing minds in the world. Uh, me excluded. I, I just get to work with these awesome individuals um, that are are really going to uh, be conducting academic research that is is going to be useful for practitioners like myself that are working with sponsors every day. And and um, I just want to give a word. This isn't just a uh, a call out that we're working with a cool school um, and conducting research with them, but it's to give a bit of hope to content creators out there that are trying to grow, we're trying to make it that look, you know, people um, are noticing, you know, how great you guys are. Uh, and that goes uh, to you too, Sebe. I mean, you guys, content creators are uh, the lifeblood of gaming, certainly uh, within RuneScape. Um, you guys are very valuable, not just to your fans, but to advertisers. And, and you know, this is a legitimate career in this industry. And no matter, you know, uh, how many people may look down on you or, or think less of your profession uh, because you create content, you know, there are a lot of people, um, particularly in academia now, that are taking notice because of the groundwork that these early creators have made. I think the best is yet to come. Uh, in content creation. I want to be as much a part of it as I possibly can be. Uh, And so that's why I've dedicated my career and a lot of my, you know, not just my professional career, but also my free time and doing a doctoral degree uh, that examines exactly that, how uh, gamers are are effective, uh, you know, ambassadors of brands and can, um, uh, can exchange value with brands. And so it's really important um, that you guys don't lose hope, even if you're you're um, you know slow to grow. Um, you're you're very valuable, and you know I'm I'm doing my my very best behind the scenes to help empower you guys, and um, really really wish everyone well. Um, that's doing their best to to make their way in the world by creating content, particularly in gaming. And so, you know, if you're a you know content creator, maybe you don't reach the I guess the threshold to be managed by creator talent. I absolutely love to hear from. Them. I mean, there are creators that I don't manage that send me sponsors all the time. That like, hey, is this legit? Hey, um, you know, I'm trying to <laughs> navigate this tricky situation with a sponsor or a platform. Um, you know, do you mind lending your ear to help? I love to do that. And so, just because I don't manage you or you're not formally a part of Crusader, please reach out. Um, at the very least, I'd like to. Uh, if you're a RuneScape content creator, I'd like to invite you to our our private um, server to be a part of our community. You don't need to be signed with Crusader to be a part of our our content creator community. Uh, we do have you know hidden channels and such for those like team communications, but um, it's open to all, uh, large and small. So please reach out. Um, you, know, you can DM the, uh, the official Crusader um, uh, Twitter or myself underscore made reading. Twitter, um, just say hi, reach out, um, and I'm happy to to engage and chit chat with uh, with everyone that that's in the space. So you know, please don't be shy. Um, I love meeting new people. That's very. I think that was very inspiring, and uh, I will have all your links down in the description. So anybody that's listening that is curious, I'll have the uh, the Discord 
Crusader Talents Twitter and of course your Twitter. Um, is there any other links, by the way? <clears throat> no, Twitter I think is the is the best platform. I mean, you can drop our website, but that that's mostly you know brand facing. But if you're curious about what we do, um, we have an FAQ there that um, you know if you're interested in the business side of this industry, um, there's there's we actually tell a lot site um but don't be a stranger you know we are a business but we you know started this business as an act of service as a, as a hobby um we you know i it was it wasn't until 2021 that i even paid myself a penny from the business um to run this thing i had ran the business for over a year before even pulling any funds out just because i enjoy it so much and so you know if you're you know struggling to make your make your way or want some help or run an event um, Crusaders also looking to empower more creators that want to run events. So if you're you have an event um, and you want a little bit of funding for maybe a prize pool or just you know it, um, don't be don't feel guilty in paying yourself too because it takes a lot of time to produce those things. So if you need a bit of a boost to justify it, um, please reach out and we can talk about it. Um, you know we're we're going to be sponsoring uh, the Speed Run Cup. Um, and helping produce that, we're also going to be. I'm certain, even though it's not in the works, but the the next battle royale will, of course, be a part of that. We want to be part of more events. We, we want to be a part of the solution um, that helps grow the community. And so, um, yeah, definitely don't be shy. I've said it a thousand times. If you're a creator, reach out. And even if you're a fan and want to um, have some questions about the industry, I, I love talking about it. It's what makes me tick. So, you know how to get a hold of me. Very very cool. Seriously, it's uh, it's been like very, very refreshing talking to you, and it's really cool to hear your perspective on what content creation really means and how we're we've just scratched the surface, basically, um, of seeing where it's going. And it's really exciting to hear that there's actually academics going after uh, finding out more about this. And um, I think it's all really cool, and it does inspire me. Like it, it really just gets me excited for the future of content creation and um i do want to ask uh one last question i'd love to ask my guests which is three shout outs and that can be from anybody it doesn't have to be the top three of course it can just be any that you feel deserve a shout out so uh i'll give you the time now yeah yeah three shout outs um well it's got to be to my partner brooke this business wouldn't be possible daughter she she's an unsung hero most of the creators speak with me directly uh, we have team chats where she's involved but she's mostly behind the scenes and doesn't get enough um get, doesn't get enough praise they it, you know it's always directed towards me for for signing the deal uh or you know the brand partnerships team um so she definitely doesn't get enough um she's on twitter as well we'll we'll link her in case you're, you're curious on um anyone's listening is curious on what she has to say very cool um you find her there. She's wonderful. Makes a wonderful business partner and even better um, life partner. We're getting mar- married next year. Very excited about it. Um, uh, thank you. Yeah, Crusader wouldn't be uh, in existence without her. And many of your favorite content creators simply wouldn't be doing this full time or at all if it wasn't for um, the work that we do to help monetize the content. And, and it's because of her and. Um, that that shout out, I'm gonna I'm gonna use. I'm, I'm doing a two for one, but it, it it really is the whole team at Crusader. Um, hopefully they've made it this far, and I haven't bored them too much. But you know, we have interns, we have full you know full time team, part time team, contractors that work with us. You know, it's not possible without you guys. We would be a hell of a lot smaller. We wouldn't be able to do as much good in the world um, without you. And again, 
um, a lot of un- unsung heroes behind the scenes that really hustle, that are really passionate about this. So uh, first shout out goes to my, my team for sure. Um, it's second, it, it's got to go um, uh, to my big three, um, EVscape, especially for uh, putting his fi- blind faith in me, um, you know, on that, that, uh, <laughs> that late night in 2019 when I pitched this idea, this vision of this business um, to you and you believed in me and we made it work. And um, it's, it's been an awesome friendship. I've been um, extremely grateful to know a guy as, as great as him. I mean, you'll never meet a more loyal uh, person than him um, ever in your life. I'm serious. He's, he's the best friend uh, anyone could ever ask for. And um, uh, he, he's kind of a package deal with, um, you know, Rakesy and, and Solo Mission, who also believed in, in Crusader and in our vision when we were, you know, nobodies. Um, and yeah, I'm very grateful for the, the faith they put. And it certainly worked out for them. Um, I signed their checks, so I, I know it has. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's great. And then, and then Hootie Tootie as well as a part of that, that package deal. Um, oh, yeah. Hootie's been great behind the scenes and making events like the Battle Royale happen. Yes. Um, he even came in with some awesome questions uh, for the, the podcast, and I'm grateful. But his graphics, um, you know, if uh, uh, Mod Goblin, uh, another Mod Aizy, if you happen to be listening, this man just put together the best trailer for an event for the Speedrun Cup on EBscape's channel that I've ever seen. Say, have you seen that? Yes, and I gave a huge shout-out on my last ramble a couple of days ago. It is it's amazing. incredible. He... Um, Hootie is is moving um, the production value of RuneScape content forward, and oh yeah, talk, talk about unsung heroes. You know, he doesn't produce content himself. He's, you know, a, a friend, um, serial, uh, uh, what do you call it, Twitch moderator and uh, meme <laughs> meme maker. But his edits are like yeah. out of this world. And um, back to my my uh, my call for attention from from Jagex. Uh, if you guys are listening. This guy definitely needs to be involved in some paid media, um, whether it's advertisements. You need not work with external third-party marketing companies. You have enough talent within your RuneScape community to keep uh, that fund, uh, keep the funding um, within the community, particularly with editors like him. Uh, For real, he's he's fantastic. And so, if, and I encourage you, anyone who's listening, if you haven't. Uh, you know, so I've seen this uh, this trailer. Um, once the podcast is done here and I finish my third shout out, go uh, check it out on EBScape's channel uh, on YouTube and and also on Twitter. It's it's mesmerizing. Um, it's insane. It gave it gave me the chills. It gave multiple people the chills. I've I've heard multiple accounts on that. It gave them the chills <laughs> just watching it because it's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's he somehow is able to top himself. Uh, time and time again i mean every battle royale every event that they do it's like oh my god this is amazing nothing is nothing has been made like this before uh this level of quality and attention to detail um i could talk for ages about it but it's good watch it if you haven't um the third gosh um our new friends over at, at harvard business school um they've it's been awesome it was a cold outreach to one of the professors who i i look up to um Ayelet Israeli. She's a brilliant marketer, um, an even better person, um, even better academic, um, and has written you know some great work on influencer marketing. That's bringing uh, advancing the body of knowledge of of marketing and and 
uh, is very interested in um, creator economy and is um, has been leading it from uh, Harvard side at least um, will be once we kick off our research here in, in a couple of weeks together. Um, I'll be joining them on campus, but I you know the the the, the faith in us to um, you know, work with us as you know we're just first year doctoral students. They could work with literally anyone in the world, any company in the world, and for them to choose a work with Crusader is, is extremely humbling. I've always been, frankly, jealous of those that got to attend uh, the best institutions in the world. Um, and the fact that I get to work alongside um, the professors and help teach them and learn from them and work alongside them and uh, write academic papers, um, you know, the help uh, move the, the industry along is extremely humbling. And um, there are many other people from from their institution that we're working with as well that also are, are worthy of thanks, but particularly her. Um, I know our, our research will do a lot of good for a lot of content creators. They don't even know it yet. Uh, we don't even know what we'll uncover yet in, in our research. And so the fact that uh, they're willing to dedicate the time and resources to, to bring us out to campus and, and work with us is um, extremely humbling and is is one of my most, um, you know, Will, will, sh- will surely be one of my most cherished memories of working uh, in this industry. So uh, thank you to the, the Harvard team for, for working with us. Very, very cool. All right, Mason, uh, I had an absolute pleasure today picking your brain and uh, actually learning a lot myself. So uh, I really appreciate that, all the insights and uh, that you were very willing to sh- pretty much share anything that uh, was asked. So I, I really appreciate your time tonight. And... Um, for those wondering, uh, and I will have that trailer link down, Hootie Tootie's trailer. He's actually going to be on the cast in two weeks. Uh, oh, it's awesome. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk to him. Never talked to him before, although I already feel like we're friends because he pops in here and there, and we, we'll chat in Twitch chats and stuff together. But um, guys, go down in the description of the video. Go give uh, Mason a follow on Twitter. Be sure to check out Crusader Talent Twitter there as well and the Discord. And uh, there will be some other links as well. So go check out the description. If you guys would like to support the Sebe cast and get your name on the title screen for $2 a month, you can pledge on Patreon. There's also a description down there. And next week, I already said two weeks from now we're getting Hootie Tootie on. But the, this next week, we are going to be getting Peter Spam on. Finally! I mean, Ooh, yeah. again, another just... It's just been months and months of scheduling, I feel like. And so we're finally getting him on and... A lot of good guests for july that i won't i won't link the other uh ones quite yet because they're not set in stone but uh look forward to a great month of guests but mason uh thank you very much if you have any final words before we wrap up um but yeah that's it for me oh thank thank everyone for their time for listening uh, don't be strangers in the, the speed run cup that hootie tootie um and evscape are, are leading is july 15th, 16th, and 17th. You can find all the details uh, on tw- on their Twitter. And um, we're excited to be a sponsor of that event and help uh, support creators that are, are looking to do more outside of the box events to 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 create interest interesting content for all of you. So uh, thank you so much, Mr. Bay, for for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And and um, personally, if there's ever a way that I could lend my myself as assistance to you as you particularly as you grow. And even now, um, navigating the world of sponsors and the business side of this industry is awfully tough. I'm, I'm uh, just a message on Discord away. You can always reach out, and I'm happy to 
to have made a new friend after the end of this um, this podcast. It's been been a pleasure. Much love. I really appreciate that, man. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you in the next one. Peace. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.